raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. NCAA tournament first round stuff was in town. Everybody was all over the place. It is packed, but this is a legitimate celebration going on right now. Now, you had out. This is just for people. We want you, we invite you to get your ass down here. But there's a menu of some of your product, right? There that is. we need to bring up. We want to give somebody a heads up that wants to hit that. You want to, What are we doing here? You tell me. All right. So they got uh, some special kind of – I'm going to let you know, John. We have a treat coming to us here shortly. So we have Carolyn's Irish Cream is one of our right brands, on. right? We have a brand-new Carolyn's Peanut Butter that is outstanding. So I've got some shots coming right now okay. for us. Okay, shots. Try it. Good. But uh, the, uh, the drink specials they came up with here, pretty uh, interesting here. The, the first one, look at that one, the Grateful Brent. I mean, that's, a, <laughs> that's pretty interesting right there. Evan Williams Cherry and uh, Carolyn's Peanut Butter, and it's right here, and it's outstanding. Oh, it's really, man. really good. But, uh, yeah, they've got some great uh, Lunazool specials, Larceny specials, Evan Williams specials, uh, all, all the big players, John. Yeah. Bring them all out for this What day. we do with Heaven Hill Distillery on St. Patrick's Day is we celebrate anything pique your interest as far as this tournament so far i know you were watching down in san juan or at least in your all-inclusive over the past week or so and watch yesterday as well anything pique your interest at this point well you know it was a little bit crazy as, as hagan mentioned there's you know a couple of those big upset in arizona i was on arizona had them pretty deep into my bracket world as well uh you know it was an interesting uh interesting first day the last last night when i was on a plane i was happy when i got off and i checked my Handy dandy little site there that told me I'd won some money, so I was happy the uh, the backside <laughs> right. of the night came through. But uh, uh, pretty interesting start to today, right? I mean, uh, Michigan State pulled one out, and then uh, like we just saw here, I mean, Xavier barely snuck through. Didn't deserve it one ounce, did they, Hagan? Not one ounce. No. If there's anybody that should have been buried with that team as a three seed this year, it was Sean Miller and Xavier. And it, it's funny the anatomy there of an upset. When you get to that final five minutes, you saw Arizona cave because the, the pressure got to them. Yeah. But sometimes you see the underdog, the pressure got to them. That's what happened with Kennesaw. So the psychology of that, when you get into the last five minutes, the team that's favored to win, do they crumble? Or is the team that's like on this big stage, never been there before like Kennesaw, are they the ones that, that kind of pucker up? So that, that's when you find out what teams are made of. And it, as Brent said, it, it can go either way when you get down in there to that last 90 seconds. And that, that's, why we, that's why we love watching games in March. Hey, did you go to the San Juan shootout when you were down there? They still have that? No, we did they not. <laughs> no, we, we were in the Rio Grande part of uh, Puerto Rico, which was outstanding. And actually where I stayed was where they had the uh, PGA tournament a uh, week and a half, two weeks ago. Oh, wow. First of March out there. Now, did you, by, I, I know you'd rather have the Grateful Brent, but did you have some good rum when you were in Puerto Rico? You know, I did sneak a little rum. That's not usually part of my forte, Mr. Right. Hagen, but, uh, you know, when in Rome or Puerto <laughs> yeah. Rico, if you will, <laughs> you got to have a little rum. So, yes, I did indulge in some rum. Uh, I drank a lot of tequila down there. Oh, and, wow. and I brought some my own Lunazool, so it was All great, right, you know. Right. What's but, your BAC right now? Are you, are you? I'm a point two. <laughs> I am a literal point two right now. So, pretty good, feeling good, you know. If they run out of liquor here, we're just going to tap his veins <laughs> yes. a little bit later on. I tell you, I, I drank a lot of uh, Medalla is, is one of their beers down there, and Magna, two really good beers oh, yeah. that I had down there. So that was my day drink, right? Yeah. Then I had to maneuver over to the rums, the tequilas of the world. 
I was bourbon free last week, which is kind of wow. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. shaking me, so I got a little larceny in front of me, John. To bring wow. it back. They probably didn't recognize you when you were up at Joe's earlier. And they go, "Who the hell is this guy? Look at him. He's got a little sun going yeah. on here. Oh, yeah. and what? He hadn't had bourbon in a long time." Brent Halverson is our uh, betting analyst. Chris Hagan of Fox 59 is here. I'm JMV again. We're live at O'Reilly's downtown. We are celebrating. And by the way, here come the shots. I'm going to try to get live action footage of this here too. Uh, if you guys can see that, there come the shots right there. Is that you who? Benny the man uh, right there, Yeah, man. there it is right now via YouTube Live. We're trying to show you that. But, again, we're mindful of the games that are going on. I will get you updated coming up in a minute, too. Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, Pacers last night over Milwaukee. And Gardner Menchu, fellas, Chris was talking about being able to do it in the clutch, not crumbling in tough situations. The Colts bring in a guy that either he's going to back up Oh, he's going to be the starter very early, depending upon how they feel about the quarterback that they draft. Gardner Minshew may or may not play. I don't even want to call him an insurance policy. He's just a necessity, right? He's a necessity with the pass, the path, Chris, that they're taking right now, I guess. He's got 24 career starts. Somehow, whenever he played against the Colts as a Jaguar, he looked like a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he, it's, a, it's a, a comfort level, too, with Shane Steichen, a guy that knows his system, knows, you know, a, a coach on the field, a guy that can get in a rookie's ear and help him along. And we've seen that Minshew can play that role. He doesn't have to be, I'm the guy. He can be the backup guy. He came in and played some, uh, started a, uh, a couple games last year for the Eagles and performed well. So I, I think that's a, a win-win all around. A veteran guy, a, a, I don't want to call him a journeyman, but a guy that's been there and done that, that knows Steichen, knows his system. And if you need him to start a couple games to start the season, start him a couple games midseason, I, I think he'll be he'll be up to that challenge. Are you going to grow a stash now, Chris? Do you think? Well, you know, he is. He is from God's country. He's a Mississippi yeah. native like me. He played for Mike Leach. I actually, did. I actually talked to him when they had the opening night at the Super Bowl. I went and told him I was from Jackson, Mississippi, and I was a, a state fan. He had some great things to say about his time with Leach. So hopefully we'll hear some more of those stories. Like no, Nobody like, uh, like Mike Leach, but I know Colts fans are more concerned what he'll do with a horseshoe on his helmet. But I think this is a, a good addition, and this is something when, when Steichen got the job, one of the first things I said in our office, I was like, Gardner Minshew is not far behind, and here he is. All right, guys. Let's, before we get Brian Evans on here, let's make a toast here. Brent, what are we t- making a toast to? All right, so all this is it? this is a Carolyn's Irish Cream, right? Okay. It's one of the, the outstanding beverages we have. This is our newest lineup here. It's Carolyn's Peanut Butter. Okay. It is outstanding. I mean, this is this is just like drinking dessert in a glass, and uh, not a better way to bring in St. Patrick's Alcoholic Day. Alcoholic dessert in a glass. That's let's it. do okay. it all. Cheers. Cheers all. Cheers, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes, yes, We're going to do that. Salute. There we go. Mmm. You know. Mmm. Smooth. Smooth. Super smooth. There it is right there. More of that to come. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, his former team in Albany, New York tonight, taking on Kent State, the MAC champ, and he's a former Big Ten player of the year, a former NBA player, and for goodness sake, the guy helped me get a better night's bed rest with Aurora Sleep Clinic. The lefty going into the high school basketball hall of fame in the state of Indiana as well. Let's acknowledge that as well as we bring on Brian Evans. Hello, Brian. How are you, brother? John, I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, well, you came on at a good time because I don't know how this is going to go had this interview taken place at 515. Whatever that peanut butter drink is, I want to swing by and get one of those. That sounds good. 
I got I, a bottle for you coming, Brian. Just uh, tell me when, where, and how. We'll get it for you, man. We got connections here, B. All you got to do is stop by. You know what I mean? That's it. All you got to do is stop by. Hey, we'll start right here, too. What do you think about this matchup with Kent State? What have you seen recently? Because this has been, uh, been a season where you wondered and you were disappointed, and then they got everybody back on board, and it's been, you know, a good game here, a scuffle there since that point in time. Where are you with this Hoosier team going into this first-round matchup later on tonight? Yeah, well, number one, the, the, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday morning, Gabe Billis picks our game out of the entire field, <laughs> and he says, watch that game. That's a tough one. That didn't. That was not good. That was not good for my psyche that Jay had uh, picked us out of, a, out of the lineup. Um this is a good team we're playing. I mean, this is a competitive team that plays really hard. Uh, I, I've never, I, you know, I've never watched any games. I'm not going to go as far as to scout them. I'm going to scout them at 9:55 tonight. Uh, but yeah, our team has been up and down enough that we just got to be worried about which team shows up. You know, I, it's not the same team every night. That's for sure. Right, when you think about, this is Chris Hagan, by the way, from Fox Indianapolis. Good to talk to you. Um, when you think about the day and age where you would just write it down every year I use in the tournament, and then there was that long drought, you know, uh, five, six-year drought where you're not in the tournament, play-in game last year, but now back to a, a high seed, you feel like you can make a run. Uh, do you think maybe the IU fans had, had kind of taken that for granted and didn't realize how hard it is to get back to that level, and now maybe Woody has this thing on the path where it will be like it, it was each and every year. You kind of write down the team will be playing in March. Well, you know, a little bit. I can tell you this. Like, I've got some butterflies today because uh, I want us to show up and play well and not lose, the, you know, the 4-13 matchup. And I had no butterflies over the last five or six years. It was really easy to just tune in and, and, and look for the upsets. And now, you know, <laughs> we don't want the upset to happen. I, I get it. You know, we were gone for a long time. You want the butterflies, right? Indiana belongs in the tournament. We belong in it with a higher seed like we have right now. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I felt a little more comfortable and confident that our team was going to show up and, and be a force tonight. Uh, but it's it's so exciting, man. Just yesterday and today, this is my favorite time of year. So regardless of what they're doing, they're still trying to enjoy it all. Um, and you know what? We ought to come out and handle business. This is a this is a mid-major team we're playing, and we got to come out and enforce our will. We got one of the top five players in the country. We got another lottery pick on the team. When you got a, a first-team All-American and a lottery pick, you know how many teams have that? We ought to go out and win the game tonight. So Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, celebrating St. Patrick's Day at O'Reilly's downtown with Heaven Hill Distillery. We are looking for you until about 7 o'clock. I'll be here coming up later on tonight. I, you look at this team, and you mentioned Hood Shafino and obviously Trace here. You expect anybody to get back on board? Because there have been moments when Trey Galloway's been there. Uh, he was pretty invisible, certainly, over the course of the Big Ten tournament weekend. We saw that. Uh, people look for something from Tamar Bates. Of the 2 of 14, they went against Penn State. He had the two. Is there anybody that you can think other than those two that I, I outlined there that can bring it tonight for them to get to the second round? Because that's really be all they need here is a little support, and especially support for Trace. Can they find that by other means that has been incredibly inconsistent so far this year? 
Well, you hit it on the head, and, and it's been talked about all week and really for the last couple months. We put an awful lot of pressure on Trace. I mean, my goodness. He's carried such a load, and he's done a marvelous job with it. You know, I, I, I've been so impressed with his consistency this last half of the Big Ten season. Because, man, game in and game out, when if, if you don't have a great game, we're not going to win. That's a lot of pressure on that kid, and he's done a great job with it. You know, you mentioned two or three names. Somebody's got to step up and make some shots and play. You know, I heard somebody say earlier today, we need five three-pointers from Galloway, Cop, and Gate. If those three guys can make five three-pointers, I actually, I don't even know who said it, but I actually agree. If we could get 15 points on threes from the combination of those three guys, I actually like our chances a lot. What's exciting about this time of year, and you talked about the seeding, and we've seen, you know, 20 years ago, one, two, three, four seeds, go ahead and write them, you know, through to the Sweet 16. Everybody would get excited because, wow, a 12 beat a 5. But now uh, uh, they've knocked down the door. The 16 has beaten the 1. Uh, they've given – a 1 had a trouble had trouble last night. A 2's been beaten. So those teams, those mid-majors, so-called mid-majors, that, that kind of intimidation – it's gone now. Like anybody that steps on that court, that they go out there really believing they could win. So that's something you have to battle as well. Uh, Kent State, they don't give a damn about those numbers by the names, do they? No, not at all. Not at all. And they, and they should believe, you know. Uh, those mid-majors should believe. There's enough of that going on. Uh, the the parity thing that gets talked about, I, I think from my perspective, is very real. It is very real. Just in that last game, Kennesaw State just – folded it they just you could tell they just didn't quite believe they were supposed to win that game they dominated that game and they just blinked at the very end but yeah there's 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 way more parity in the field and and outside of you know maybe the one and twos anybody can win these games Hey, Brian Evans joins us, too. I, I want you to, to talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. I talked to Brian, Brian, or I should say I talked to Brian Matt Painter earlier this week about his team, and they get fairly Dickinson at around 6.50, 6.55 later on tonight. As a one seed, what do you think about Purdue's chances, given especially what we have seen in the backcourt and their shortcomings to this point, at least in recent history? What do you think about their chances to get to where obviously everybody expects them to go to the Final Four. You, you think that that's something they can overcome? Because a guy like Fletcher Lawyer has been struggling recently. David Jenkins gave them a lot off the bench from three-point range. But it's still something you'd like to see them if they were to advance and get to the Final Four and have enough to be able to put that back together again. Do you think they have the means to do so? you think that team can put it together and make that type of run? Sure they can. I, I believe they can. And I, it's a lot like Trace. You know, these two big guys that we have in the state of Indiana that have been so dominant, and now first-team All-Americans, is so impressive. But I, I look at it like Trace. I mean, he can't take a night off. I mean, Edie cannot have a bad game. You know, he has not had a foul trouble game. The guy has stayed on the court. That's way easier said than done when, when you're that big and very tough to officiate, you know. I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten into games where the officials decided to call it a certain way and, you know, he spends a lot of time on the bench. you, you got to tip your cap to him. He is, he's, he's, he's grown as a player. He stays on the court because I, I do not think that this is a team that could advance any game 
with him having a, like a real off night. And if he has an off night, I think they're in a lot of trouble, just like Indiana is. I, neither one of those guys can afford to have an off night in this tournament. Ryan, you were talking about how Kennesaw State kind of blinked at the, at the wrong time. What, what is that mentality like as a player if you're on the other side of that? Let's say you're the higher seed and you're favored. When do you start the doubt starts coming into your mind when you've got the underdog taking it to you and it can go both ways that you can crumble as the underdog or you can also crumble as the favorite when you start thinking wow these guys might actually beat us how is that for these young guys what's that psychology like and, and from your playing days as well well you know you're so used to playing in conference by the end of the year you know your conference kind of plays a certain way you know the big 10 has a style of ball it was a physical style of ball you know, not necessarily really high scoring. And you're playing 18 games or 20 games against that same kind of style. All the teams are a little bit different, but there is a style in conference. When you go to the tournament, it's your first game in a long time that just feels different. You know, it's a different opponent. They haven't scouted you game in and game out all year. You haven't scouted them. You've got just a few days to prep for them, and it's really different. So Matt Painter made a great comment. I think it was to you, John, where he was talking specifically about that. And I, and I listen to Matt. I, I think he's fantastic to listen to. Um, but what I could tell you is when you get, you, you know, you're in Albany, New York, or you're in Boise, Idaho, or um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, these are places that we played. It's amazing how quickly the whole arena can turn on you and you go from what's a neutral site. You know, it's a neutral site, but when you're Indiana and you travel really well, we look like we have the biggest group of fans, right? And you feel good about that and you're playing good. You're, you're ahead. You got a lead. It's almost like you're a home game. But as the place fills up, and I, I went to the game last year, Kentucky against St. Peter's, if you guys were there. It, it yeah. was so remarkable. It took me back to the tournament when I played. Uh, the place turned on Kentucky real fast. They had the most fans of any team, but the rest of the arena wanted to see the Wildcats lose. And it was amazing how fast that, 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 that turn happened. I, I was a part of that a couple different times, you know. Everybody else that are casual fans are going, hey, let's root against Bobby Knight. And all of a sudden, you're, on a, you're not just in a road game. You're in a ruthless environment where everybody hates you. It happens real fast. And so some of these young guys that we have, and Purdue has, you know, that young backcourt as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a first time for them to be in that situation. You know, it's funny about that too, Brian, is that it changes or turns on that dime that you're talking about at your lowest moment if you're that favorite that is getting beaten right then i mean it really i mean they they turn on a dime at your lowest moment and that has to i can't imagine i've never been a part of that but i can't imagine where that is not a great deal deflated if you're that favorite team that sees that happen while also not playing anywhere near to your best well, you hit it on the head. I mean, when it when it turns, it turns all of a sudden. And, and that's just not something you've dealt with. It, it just isn't. You know, when you go on the road, you know you're on the road. They hate you from when you come out of the locker room, and they hate you through the end of the game. When you when you think you've got some fans, and you think you've got the place under control, and all of a sudden they, they hate you out of nowhere, it's just a different thing. It's a different vibe. 
And that's what exactly right. I didn't think about that, Brian, until you said it. But it, it, it's like when the when the underdog starts believing they can win, like John said, maybe the underdog gets up eight or nine points. And that's when the fans that are just sitting there waiting for their team to play, that's when they start believing they're going to see something special. And you, it's almost like they're rooting for their favorite team. And I was there last year when, when it flipped for UK. And uh, that place was yeah. absolutely electric. And I'm sure that's what, what Arizona faced yesterday when people start saying, hey, wait a minute. Princeton might win this thing. I, I, you're right. I, I didn't think about the what that's like for a team if you go out there and you're getting booed from you know the tip as a uh, road team. But when you have it change like that in mid-game, I'm sure that is something kind of strange. Oh, it is. It, it, and I was watching last night. It, it makes it it makes it really fun, right? That's why we love this tournament so much. But when you're on the receiving end of that, it's bizarre. I mean, it really is. We lost the game. My junior year was in Boise. And we were like the noon game, right? So people are half asleep, kind of rolling a little bit late. And we had a nice lead. And, man, the plate turned on us all of a sudden. And, you know, they, they, they got us in the second half. And it felt like a really hostile road game. So Brian Evans with us, the former Hoosier, Big Ten Player of the Year, NBAer. And he helps me get the bed rest that I desire with Aurora Sleep Clinic. My man, I wish you were here. If you have time to jump down here before 7, do so. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. That's the peanut butter talking that you just drank. I'm not coming down there, man. <laughs> There'll be more than that talking a little bit later on. <laughs> Let me tell you. That's why we got to get the interviews in early because the show will definitely go downhill as we get into the 5 o'clock hour. Hey, enjoy that game later on tonight as well, and uh, we'll get back with you here relatively soon, B. Thanks. All right. Thanks, my man. You guys have fun. So Brian Evans right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. I need to go see him about my sleep. I can't sleep for anything. You well, it sounds like I'm putting together brackets at 3.15. I, I know. I'm, I'm up at 3.15. You snore, man? Oh, yeah. I got, I, I've got sleep apnea, and I've got the CPAP, but that thing's hard to keep on your face, you know. Like your, uh, what was that was That guy's name, Bane and, and Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wear this all night, Mr. Wayne. So, yeah, I need to go get some, get some help. It's a simple, yeah. comfortable, affordable mouthpiece. You wear it at night, and it stops your snoring. All right, Brian. Stopyourstorenow.com. I'll, I'll be coming to visit. You can count on that. I'll be the little uh, leprechaun-looking guy that comes rolling in. <laughs> Bring you somebody else, Brian Evans, right there. All right, that's Chris Hagen of Fox 59, Brent Halverson of Heaven Hill Distillery, our betting analyst. I'm JMV. We are celebrating St. Patrick's Day inside O'Reilly's downtown. More to come. JJ is going to join us from Valley Sports, Indiana. Miles Turner, a little poster on Giannis last night. Pacers get that win over Milwaukee. We got that coming up, too. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers from Albany, New York. We'll get you a scoreboard update. And also Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, coming up next. We'd love to see you here. It's a Friday as we celebrate St. Patrick's Day with Heaven Hill Distillery at O'Reilly's downtown with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, 
and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Hey, are you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. A scoreboard update. Michigan State 10 better than USC 7-10 game a little bit earlier today. That was in the East region. First round matchup right there. Uh, Baylor over UC Santa Barbara. At the beginning of the day, 74-56, 3-14. Yeah, I mentioned Xavier squeezes past the 14 seed Kennesaw State, 72-67. And the games that are ongoing right now, uh, last check under 12 and a half in the second half. It is VCU, the 12 seed, trailing the 5 seed St. Mary's, 41-36. They have about a minute to go in the first half with a two-seed Marquette holding on to a six-point advantage over the Catamounts of Vermont. That's a 2-15 game right there in the East region. 3-30, we're past that right now, so about ready to tip would be Pittsburgh and Iowa State, the 6-11. 4 o'clock for the six-seed Creighton, the 11-seed NC State, 4-30. UConn, four-seeded UConn and 13-seeded Iona again at 4.30. Everything else coming up after 6 o'clock. We'll keep you updated on everything. Meantime, we're live at O'Reilly celebrating St. Patrick's Day 2023 with Heaven Hill Distillery. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst. Chris Hagan of Fox 59 is with us inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I may give you some choice camera work coming up a little bit later on, if you know what I mean, inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, I do not want to forget about what type of day it's going to be tomorrow in and around the state of Indiana. you got semi-state play, and Bob Lovell joins us to talk about that and more. Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight and tomorrow night, and as always, it is brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. That's CarX.com today. Hello, Bob. How are you? Uh, John, I'm great. How are you? Bob, I am in a, uh, I'm in an Irish pub, O'Reilly's, on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and then Brent Holverson, to my right right here, has an endless flow of samples going down. So you can well, imagine would, how well my afternoon is going, my friend. Uh, uh, please allow me the opportunity to wish our grandson, Jackson Wheeler, a very happy birthday. He is a... St. Patrick's baby celebrating birthday number 24, uh, celebrating responsibly, I'm sure. And uh, we're happy for him. Hope he has a great day and thrilled that he's our grandson. Happy birthday to Jackson. That is well said right there. There from you go, brother. An awesome yeah. grandpa. There's no doubt about that. All right. Well, where where do we begin what? coming up tomorrow, too? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was bummed out. Because you know, Linton's a good team, and Linton is still going to be right. good, certainly in two-way and a favorite. But and, and I'm a friend of Joey Hart's. I like Joey a great deal, always have and always will. But holy hell, how – And I mean, obviously, some intervention is needed right here, is necessary. But that situation has just such a dark cloud over the top of it. This is a team, however, though, in Linton that is good enough, especially with his son, to withstand some foolishness like that earlier this week. 
Well, they are. I agree with everything you've said. It's uh, it's it's very sad. Uh, I've known Joey for a long time. He's been great to me. Calls the show on a regular basis. I think he's a tremendous coach. They have a tremendous team. And um, sometimes, John, these situations have a way of galvanizing people and bringing them together, making them better, making them stronger. And you're certainly, you know, hopeful. I think in any regard that that impact is is what it's all about. But it's. Uh, you know, cast quite a uh, quite a dark cloud over over that program. So, you know, they're good, uh, and um, they're clearly good enough to be in the championship. It's just that they've they've got a they've got a little bit of a uh, they've got a Park Heritage team that's pretty good, and uh, they're playing you know at Southport. So, I mean, if you're going to Southport, Brownstown Central is really good. Jack Benner's already committed to Purdue. The Cecina team has just been fun to watch. Clinton Stockton, you talked about in Park Heritage. Say right now they're a young team and they're really, really good. Yeah, but again, I mentioned this because Linton has, you know, gotten over and performed well. You know, when when Joey had to sit out, I think six games, going back to January too. Um, his son is just really good. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I I expect them to be as good as what they usually are, but man. You talk about putting your squad in a difficult situation. And, again, I, I wish for the best because I like him such a great deal. I've known him forever. I mean, I, way back to when I was an early teenager, um, he has been a friend. Um, and I just – I absolutely, Bob, hate to see that I do. Well, I think everyone does, John. And, and uh, sadly, as, as cliched as it sounds, you know, these are lessons, unfortunately, that the kids have to learn. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, and sometimes people make bad decisions, and uh, there are consequences for them. And, you uh, you know, you talk about teachable moment, coachable moment. That's kind of what this is. But um, I think Park Heritage comes in with the attitude that uh, we, we want to play for a championship. And so that's the whole The beauty of this day is you, you win a game now, brother. Win a game uh, win some games today, win games tomorrow, you have a chance to go play for the prize. And so it's a it's an enormous day, without question, and uh, that's why it's so much fun. Hey, one of the great spots is in Newcastle coming up tomorrow. Brownsburg, Jennings County, Ben Davis, and Bloomington North. I know the Roberts kid is an outstanding player going to Vanderbilt for Bloomington North. They kind of ride his shoulders, and Ben Davis, you know, unbeaten without question, has been just fantastic. Brownsburg has been playing as well as anybody. But maybe for those that don't know a great deal about Jennings County, I was talking to Greg Rakestraw, Bob, earlier this week. I compared them to what we saw in Evansville Wrights maybe five or so years ago when they got up and down the floor at a, a right. fever type of pace. And just you know, the, the, the first best shot available is how they kind of viewed that. Is Jennings County similar to what we saw from Wrights about five years ago? I think it is. I mean, they're a veteran team. Uh, they've been together for a while. Uh, it's about pace. Uh, it's about tempo. Uh, it's about understanding the game, and they do have a high IQ, basketball IQ as a group, and have guys out there, you know, John, kind of reminiscent of you, can all catch it, shoot it, put it on the deck, make something happen. Yeah. And uh, it's a high-octane approach to the game. 
Yeah, I don't know about me putting it on the deck. I'd probably dribble off my foot out of bounds. But catch, catch and shoot, yeah. catch and shoot certainly would have been okay. But now you look at all the way around between you know Jennings County, Brownsburg, Bloomington North, right. Ben Davis. You talk about loaded semi-state. I guess, I guess with the revamping of the regionals, with what the IHSAA has done, that kind of right. had this type of of emphasis or impact in mind, right? Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, again, you're you're involving more teams. Uh, obviously, you're you're in different spots. You know, like um, Michigan City, Newcastle, Elkhart, Seymour, Logansport. You know, some different venues, if you will, around the state. And I think you've created uh, a great buildup. You, you know, talking about you mentioning Newcastle. Hey, Brownsburg defensively might be as good as anybody in the state, and Jennings County. Uh, yeah, they're a high-powered offense without question. I don't believe they've seen a defense like this. So, you know, Ben Davis is Ben Davis. They're really, really good. Uh, up in Michigan City, you know, Fort Wayne, Wayne plays Kokomo. Kokomo, probably one of the most unique stories is Flory Badunga. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Do-Everything at Kokomo is really good. The Hammonds. Did Bob just disappear right there? Bob, I think, just disappeared. He was going to go in on Kokomo. See if you can get Bob back. Because I want to preview what I'm going to ask Bob in just a second. I want him to continue his thought on Kokomo. But one of the better stories right now is that of Beach Grove, considering what they did a year ago with their championship and then what they had to go through, obviously, with their coaching situation and then where they're back in the semi-state again. It's an absolute amazing story. I'm telling you, you look around the state, there are amazing stories all the way around. You know, Beach Grove, for example, is down in Washington at the Hatchet House. North Davies is down there. North Davies was the Class A champion a year ago, elevated to 3A. One of the reasons why some people suggest they elevated to 3A was to get the heck out of, you know, 2A with Linton. But you go up to 3A, so you go skip a class and get up another class. It, it's amazing. You could end up, honestly, I mentioned this. You're not going to get three because Bloomfield's out of it by virtue of Lutheran last week in the regional. But you could very well get two SWIAC, Southwestern Indiana Athletic Conference reps in Linton and in North Davies coming up in Gamer's Fieldhouse next week. Bob Lovell rejoins us right now. Hey, go ahead and finish off your thoughts on Kokomo and what they can do. I mean, they had to go north, obviously, where they are, uh-huh. further uh-huh. north. They're not involved in, you know, in the Ben Davis and the Jennings County and the Bloomington North and, you know, what you're going to see with those matchups down there. But your thoughts on Kokomo moving forward in the semi-state tomorrow, Bob? Well, it's about Flory Badunga and uh, one of the most uh, – sought-after recruits in our state. You know, he's 6'10", John. He runs the floor. He's a shot blocker extraordinaire. He's difficult to handle. When he catches the ball inside, he's literally unstoppable. But they have a, a great group around him that plays awfully well. And so people need to be a, be very well aware of him. And he is uh, he's a force to be reckoned with without question. I brought this up, and we'll go ahead and close with this. The amazing story that is Beach Grove. Championship a year ago. We know what happened with the coaching situation. They're back in the semi-state. Strong as hell again this year. Of the stories from north to south in the state of Indiana, that has to be among those at the top of the list of intriguing going into tomorrow. 
Oh, I agree. And you just think of the job that Joe Rim has done as their coach. I mean, he's obviously been on the staff, understands it, and those kids pulled together. We talked earlier about these types of situations sometimes bring a group together and galvanize them, make them tougher, and they and they have they're they're really talented. Number of kids played for a championship last year, and so you got a bunch of guys that have a lot of pride. They're quick, uh, they're strong, uh, they really get to the glass quickly. They defend you. They're a tough-minded group of guys, and it's carried them well, and it's gotten where they are in the chance to play for another championship. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk every Friday, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, run by Joe Childers. That's CarX.com. Find that location nearest you and make sure you're spring road ready. It doesn't feel like it outside today, but make sure you maintain that spring road ready. It's CarX.com today. Indiana Sports Talk both tonight and tomorrow night and Bob is going to be loaded up and ready to go with the stories that you're looking for. My friend, it is always a pleasure. Have a great show tonight and tomorrow and we'll see what's happening from Gamebridge Field House and preview that and the state finals coming up next Friday. All right, John, thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk right there and happy birthday to his grandson turning 24 today, Jackson as well. Chris Hagan of Fox 59 rejoins. Anything stand out about the semi-state matchups in the state of Indiana beginning tomorrow? Uh, just, just the fact that you get to this, you get to this point just a, a step away from you know, playing on the biggest stage. Yeah. Uh, it, this is what memories are made of, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to see what happens. Are you going to sing one shining moment after saying this too? Because I'm going to tear up, I I'm think. I'm trying to make you tear up. How about this? <laughs> Pitt survives against my Bulldogs, and now they're crushing Iowa State. Ten to one out of the game. Ten gates. to one. Don't lose, though. Notre Dame women. You get out early, you lose. Notre Dame women up 18 to two. St. Mary's a nine-point advantage oh, over ECU. We, we got a technical foul right in action now. here. They look at the coach. Oh, man. He lost it. You can't lose it. He is not happy about something right there. But that's the, the pressure you feel not only on players but on coaches. That's why it's great to see how, how uh, our buddy Matt Painter and – uh, Mike Woodson, how they Dude. they keep their cool. They they know it's a long game, and you know you, you don't don't give away a couple of free throws in a situation like this. Let me tell you this: the pressure on Mike Woodson certainly is there because IU and tradition and all that. But what Matt Painter has on him with this team, the expectations. Because honestly, Chris Boilermaker fans just kind of hung out this season. Right. And you wait for this time, right? You wait for this time for your ultimate judgment. This is what it matters for and, them. And that's, that's what Painter said. Painter yeah. said he knows they're going to be judged by what happens moving yeah. forward. Uh, two stints at number one in the nation, unexpectedly so. Great start to the season. But now it's all about what can you do. And and Purdue fans, I have a lot of Purdue friends, and they're already kind of waiting for it. You know, John, they're already, they're already kind of like, well, we'll probably lose. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. You, you can't let that permeate your thoughts and the program. But if they, if they were – to, to, you know, stumble in round two if they were to lose to a Memphis or to a Florida Atlantic. That's when you start getting that label of like, yeah, they have great regular seasons. They get these high seeds and they can't they can't close the deal. They can't move forward. What, what, what would you say that Boilermaker fans need to do in preparation for each game here? Hopefully, obviously more than one to what, ease their mind. Well, to chill they out probably a need bit. to come down here and yes. see us because yeah. I think. We're two of the most soothing people in the broadcast industry. We do soothe. We're caring we? people. Yeah. We soothe. We, we talk. We're, we're, I, I basically, well, am I soothing you right here? Basically, I mean, I That's feel like. That's the first time anybody's ever said that, yes, 
I 25 feel, years. I feel like I'm a counselor to the people and to the fans. Yeah. Come talk to me. I will make all your fears and problems go away. And so I want to tell you, even though that coach – now, do we think the Fairleigh Dickinson coach – I thought he said, I, I don't want Purdue to see this. But some people yeah, think he, he said – he messed it up and he went with it. I think like, he was you like – you go down there and he goes, all right, I messed this up and I'm just going to go ahead and roll with it. I think he was saying – he looked at the camera guy. I, hey, I don't want Purdue to see this. Hey, we're going to whoop their ass. They're garbage. They're the worst one seed. But now it's kind of like he apologized to his players. He's like, I, I'm sorry. And then sorry. he said, be humble. Yeah. Hey, will you guys be humble? Hold on a second. Let me just drop this, Bob. Right, Because at breakfast today, I was telling Ricky over here that we're going to win by 30. So if, if you had any chance at Purdue kind of sleepwalking through that first game, that is gone now. It's gonna, They're going to be like Charles Jefferson for Ridgemont High. Oh, man. When he was playing that game when, when he thought they, <laughs> they messed up his car. That's what Zach Eady will be doing today. Tackle by Jefferson. <laughs> Dunk by Eady. Rejection by Eady. Two-handed slam by Eady. <laughs> Quick break. We'll come back celebrating St. Patrick's Day. That's Chris Hagan. I'm JMV. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, rejoins us with Heaven Hill Distillery. O'Reilly's downtown, the perfect place to be where the free samples are flowing. And Brent rejoins us. JJ, top of the hour. Don Fisher, 5 o'clock hour. 93.5107 by the fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I'm the bullish friend. And. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, which you better get there because you're probably going to see some things you may have not seen in a long time right here. We're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And O'Reilly's downtown. Heaven Hill Distillery. Chris Hagan of Fox 59. Say hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Yeah, you sound like me. You sound a, like me. I sound a freak out. I don't know. You guys do sound alike. That's weird. I don't think so though. I we really look don't. alike too. We're very similar. Yes. Look, hey. I'm having a I'm having an OCD panic attack. How are you? Do you I think they sound sharpie. alike? I need a sharpie to fill you out think this these bracket sound up alike? here. Who's got a sharpie in here? Sharpie. You want anyone? a request? <laughs> Hold on, we got a request here. Is it for me to leave? 239-107. No, give me a request right here. Jump on. Hey, Devin, man. You go to Northwest High School. Oh, did I go to Northwest High School? Oh, I went to Eastern Green. Nah, they wouldn't let me in Northwest. Yeah. I'm way too hillbilly to be in there. They'd be going, okay, hold on a minute. Probably not. You can't be a space pioneer. No. I thought you wanted a good request. I was going to give you the opportunity. That's okay. Celebrating St. Patrick's Day, that's what it's all about, when people come up to you and talk to you off the microphone. Absolutely right. What happens? Not a better time Betting analyst, Brent Halverson, who causes all this chaos with Heaven Hill Distillery. Thank you very much. You know, this is organized chaos, though, right? Look at this. I mean, here, you got John McDonald right there. You got Vicky Williams. <laughs> yeah. There's it's all kinds of good stuff he's going on like He's like organized chaos on two legs right there. <laughs> and that's called Tuesday, usually, right? Tuesday. Today happens to be Friday. But, uh, no, great day. Come on down and join us down here at O'Reilly's, one of the greatest 
greatest spots downtown. Yeah. Celebrate your Irish. And uh, it, it, it is. It's packed right here right now. But come on in. We'll get you a drink. We'll get you some samples. I got some great Carolyn's Irish peanut butter right now, it. John. So we've got some of that going it. around. But um, yeah, great day, good times, and uh, it's nice and nice and warm in here. It's a little cold outside. It is. Come on in and see us. Last year at this time, if I remember correctly, it was 70 degrees outside. It was. It was yeah. definitely a little bit different day. And that's, you know, Indiana, right? I mean, it, yeah. it, who no, knows? No doubt about who it. Who knows what it's going to be well, like? You, you so. have a handful of days in 10 years where St. Patrick's Day is decent and this just hasn't been one of them. That's right. Weather it absolutely is not. Least. But it is it's not. inside. It's decent here. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, joining us. And again, IU, around 9.50 tonight, takes on Kent State, their first-round matchup in Albany, New York. We'll get the lowdown from Don after 5. And we got to give a shout-out to Don's son, Scott, who is the new head coach of football down at Edgewood, yeah. down Monroe County, which is really awesome, too. So remind me of that. And again, the Boilermakers taking on Fairleigh Dickinson, that is at about 6.50, 6.55. Keep you updated on all these other games going on as well. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I want to give a little bit of love right here because last night was significant. It was the first time in seemingly forever that the Pacers got a win, and they did it going away on the road in Milwaukee without their centerpiece, Tyrese Halliburton. And the reason why I bring that up is because they have been so, so bad without Halliburton in the lineup. And last night, it was so good to watch them against one of the better teams in the NBA on the road win that game in the fashion in which they did. Jeremiah Johnson of Valley Sports Indiana is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Did that one take you by surprise a little bit last night in Milwaukee, JJ? Just a little bit. I will admit that after I finished up the halftime show, I went back to the media room and uh, walked back out with about two or three minutes into the third quarter, and I just felt like the team I was watching was a little bit of a different team than I saw uh, through most of the first half, and as you mentioned, through many of the games that Tyree Halliburton had not played, and it just continued. And then in the fourth quarter, when they built a 10- or 12-point lead, you were kind of looking at the clock, and you thought, Giannis is going to try to take this game over, and the Pacers said, not tonight. And so uh, it was it was thrilling to watch. It was the theme of the weekend, right, March Madness, and it was a little bit of a, an upset in Milwaukee last night. Hey, Jeremiah, my name's Chris Hagan. I work at Fox 59 here in Indianapolis. <laughs> Good to talk to you. Hey, um, that well, second half was truly uh, different, the way they turned it on, and, and of course, I showed it on the highlights, multiple replays of Miles Dunk on Giannis, and, and you could see how that fired him up. He, he had knocked down a three uh, moments before that, and just they really kind of put that thing away when you you kept thinking, oh, well, okay, the best team in the NBA, they're going to, they'll kind of just, you know, tread water, and they'll come back and win this thing, but that was not what the Pacers had in mind, and I know Rick afterward talked about how, how uh, proud he was and how significant the way they put that game away was. Yeah, and specifically with Miles, I think that game is indicative of the growth that he has made as a player and as a person. He did not have a great game up to that point. He had been in foul trouble, and he hit a big three, and as you mentioned, had the confidence to go at Giannis and then finish, and that was what they were certainly talking about and watching their own versions of the replays on the bus ride back to the airport. And so that was a great way to finish it off. But in previous seasons, I think maybe he put too much pressure on himself, or if he didn't get hot early, maybe he would not be as confident or successful late in the game and that's not what happened you saw you've seen a different different miles turner this entire season and 
there were so many guys that really stepped up. But I do think Andrew Nemhard was the difference because what we saw in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, it reminded me of what we saw in Golden State. And I don't know what happened in January. Maybe teams were defending him differently, putting more pressure on him during that month that Tyrese Halliburton was out. But what you saw last night reminded me of that Golden State game uh, in late, late November, early December. JJ, you know what a, a long season it is. Right now, we're all caught up in the madness of March and how every game, you know, means something right now. But the long NBA season, you know, some people say, oh, well, you know, it's just another game. But how significant was it for those guys that, that did play last night and to get that W when there's, you know, there's been a lot of disappointment and, you know, injuries and L's piling up over the last couple of months? Well, in most seasons, Chris, I'd be looking at the standings and in practice or in shoot-around, I would ask about you know, playoff positioning and, and sort of trying to project things out a little bit. I've tried to not do that as much because I still remember that this season was not all about getting into the playoffs or getting a home court advantage seed like so many of the previous seasons. But now they get that win and they're sort of in that position, maybe those conversations can happen. But I still think this is one of those things where they're just taking each individual game and they're saying – what can we learn? What can we improve on? How can we gain some confidence, not just for this season, but moving forward? And so that's, that's kind of what happened. And so uh, it'll give them some energy heading into that game on Saturday, but then turn around and have another four-game road trip next week. It's a stretch of seven of eight on the road. And the Pacers at least have played better. I believe they've won five of their last seven road games after going almost two months without winning one. So that right there shows growth, and it shows they're not ready to hang it up just yet. Jeremiah Johnson, Bally Sports, Indiana. Pacers, Sixers coming up at Gamebridge Fieldhouse tomorrow night. Get into that in a second. So going to be the second of the back-to-back for the Sixers coming up tomorrow evening, which always brings into question whether or not Joel Embiid will be playing. And certainly I don't want to bring that up, but I will be forced to coming up in a second. But I did want to give credit, J.J., to George Hill. George Hill, production-wise, nice. And then in the huddles. You know, we talked about James Johnson so far this year being an influence on this very young and growing team. George Hill, since he had been acquired, came over here from Milwaukee, has been an influence in that huddle constantly. And, I mean, you see it more than anybody else game to game. And I've tried to, during the course of the games, let people know what I'm seeing. And it's 100% accurate. And it started with the very first game he was with, his new teammates not even in uniform. We caught him having about a 30 to 45 second conversation with Benedict Mather and about defense and defending the pick and roll. And that said a lot right there because I doubt the two even knew each other at all. And Mather may be a guy that, you know, you have to get to know just a little bit to get inside and, and kind of tell him things like that. And George uh, felt comfortable in that situation doing it. And he's done it nonstop ever since. And then you saw last night he can still play. I mean, he still made winning contributions and then talking with him after the game. You know, John, Chris, you guys, we've been around George Hill for a long time. He's always been one of our favorites. But I don't think he would be upset if I said this. At times, in his first stint with the Pacers, maybe even the IUPUI days, he'd be a little moody. Sometimes he would be in a good mood. Some days maybe he wouldn't want to talk. He has been nothing but enthusiastic, happy, sunshine. It's been fun to be around him, and I've really enjoyed uh, this second stint with the Pacers from George Hill. 
Yeah, it is. It is funny as you see, you know, people just recognize players as players, and they don't realize sometimes, hey, this is a human being. We saw, we saw George in high school. We saw him in college. We saw him as a young player in the NBA, and now we see him as as a veteran guy. And, and you sometimes it's we foolishly don't realize, hey, they have growth in their lives and not just on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, he's a family guy, and I know he's he's enjoying that aspect of his life as well, and. I had a conversation when we were back in Milwaukee, oddly enough, in January, and not with me, but with Chris Denary, and I know some of the other coaches were, were around, and he said at that time that he really wanted to finish his career with the Pacers, and I don't know if that conversation or those words um, you know, had anything to do with what happened in February, but he also had an opportunity at the trade when no playing time was guaranteed. The Pacers were still thinking about the future. They didn't really say, you're going to come in here and be a contributor. They offered him the opportunity. I believe, to you know, be released and go try to find another opportunity. And he wanted to be in Indiana. And so uh, I joked with him a little bit last night after his dunk that uh, he was able to finish, maybe not as emphatically as he would have liked. I called him Air George, and he said, no, I'm Indiana George. So I don't know. If you're a fan of the Pacers and you're, you've been in this state for a while, you want nothing more than someone who just wants to be here and wants to represent this state. And I think George Hill absolutely does that. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. I mentioned the Pacers get Philly at Cambridge Fieldhouse tomorrow night. Second of a back-to-back for Philly, so I guess it remains to be seen as well if Joel Embiid plays. Now, this is kind of a shout to our uh, mutual friend and morning show co-host Kevin Bowen, who believes, J.J., that Miles has got to step up and show him something against Joel Embiid because he's taken a beating and he did last time out if he reasonably wants to be considered a really good defensive player. Now, obviously, I think that's a boatload of crap. I'm curious what you think about that. Is there some realism to what Kev had to say regarding that? I'm not sure that it's, you know, eighth NBA season, one game in an 82-game regular season, I'm going to put that much emphasis on a Saturday night game in March. But what I would say is, where he wants to be, where this team wants to be in the next two to three years is playing in playoff series against teams like the Sixers and players like the Sixers. And so if you want to go into those kind of games and situations with the confidence you can compete and win, I think you have to start to build some confidence. So there's no better opportunity than Saturday. But I think you mentioned after the last time the Patriots played the Sixers and it wasn't you know, a great game for Miles, and he got in foul trouble, and Joel Embiid uh, put up some big numbers. He's doing that to almost everybody in the NBA right now. So if he does it again to Miles, it's not necessarily going to say, well, you know, if you said that no one's a good defender that hasn't been able to stop Joel Embiid, there would be no good defenders in the league right now. So um, I think you have to tip your cap right now to uh, Joel Embiid. We'll see what happens tonight because, as you mentioned, with the second half of the back-to-back, if they play well, they get a win, and, and he plays big minutes. I don't know what will happen. Will he play or not? They still are projecting um, to try to get in that two spot maybe instead of the three in the Eastern Conference, but they also don't want to get any unnecessary wear and tear. So we'll see what happens. Selfishly, I hope he plays, and I hope Miles can play well, and that can start to build some confidence in the individual matchup. But I'm already on board saying – Miles is a, a very good defender and, and borderline on, you know, one of the best rim protectors, or he's one of the best rim protectors in the league, but maybe undervalued around the league and what he's able to do elsewhere. Well, he's undervalued, too, because nobody on that team really plays very good defense out front. So, I mean, that's another reason why people get on his rebounding numbers. 
So when you come out and challenge a shot, when somebody so easily gets past out front, their defensive player for the Pacers, you know, he's out there trying to defend it. So it goes up and you're not going to get that weak side rebound most of the time. Anyway, Kevin had a good point that he was making. I just don't happen, as you well know, to believe in that thing. I will tell you this, though, regarding Miles and something that Kevin was onto. I just want Miles to chill out against Embiid. If Embiid plays tomorrow night, I mean, Embiid goes out there to do that to Miles because he can. He bullies Miles. That's what I don't want to see, the bullying. All right, if Embiid gets numbers, Embiid gets numbers because he's that damn good and having that good of a season, an MVP type of season. I just don't want to see Miles discombobulated and bullied as we saw him last time out. That's what I don't want to see. I guess what I would add on to that is I don't want to see fouls become an issue either in the scorebook or in Miles' head because I think sometimes you're trying so hard to not get a foul, and that's part of what Joel Embiid does well, then it takes away your ability to defend well. And if you're a little passive or you're just thinking, I can't foul, I can't foul, I can't foul, that's the kind of situation that you actually do foul. And we saw that really changed that entire game the last time they played. So I'm with you. Uh, I, I still think you've got to go do it and, ha- and have that experience so then in future mid- games and matchups you can have more confidence. I mean, these guys are NBA players, so they have confidence, but they also um, have memories. And so right now the memories of games against Joel Embiid, and a lot of times one or both have been injured, so they haven't had – that many head-to-head matchups but if they get that opportunity I agree with you don't get it in your head just play basketball and see what happens and don't always think about not fouling because if you do that he's just going to go right to the basket and you'd probably be better off fouling so JJ with us final thing too is there any conversation going around about the play-in possibility right now it's weird because in my business not a lot of people really want to hear about it not a lot of people are really excited if they land in there. And you know me, I've always said, if you can win games, win games. That's why your ass is out there, to win games. You're not out there to blow it for the sake of a ping pong ball here or there. Now, some of these uber nerds out there will tell me or try to give me you know, a slide rule design about how I'm wrong. But if you're able to win games, then you stink and win games. That's why you're out there. But is there that possibility of a play-in, especially the win like last night, becoming a reality-based conversation in and around this team right now? I would say it's not the be-all, end-all. It's not everything that's being talked about or thought about. But I can guarantee you that the players are interested in that possibility, especially the ones that have yet to have that postseason experience. They're going to do everything they can, and I'll point specifically to Buddy Heald. He's been on the injury report the last two games as questionable, and there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to play, and he's not been shy about saying he wants to experience the playoffs. He's a veteran that's never done that, and so while the team is thinking long-term for him, the here and now is very important, and there are other guys just like him that want to experience that. Um, That being said, as I said earlier in the call, I'm not we're not focusing all of our coverage every game to 
this is the place in the standings and this is how many games the Pacers need to win to get into the play-in because if you're in at 10, it's still a really difficult proposition to get where you really want to be, and that's in the playoffs. So uh, we'll see what happens, but you saw last night, and I saw when I tweeted out that Tyree Salaburton would be out for three games with that ankle sprain. You got the natural reaction that you would from the people like you mentioned, and then the Pacers went out and won that game. So when the games are going on, they're trying their absolute best, and when they play like they did against Milwaukee, it does make you think anything's possible. Yeah, no doubt. Well, just a thought. All right, JJ, tomorrow night you guys got it again. Gamers Fieldhouse, the Sixers, and the Pacers coming up tomorrow night. Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pilot. I'm assuming you're sitting back and relaxing and watching the NCAA tournament games today. Absolutely. This is one of the things when the schedule comes out in August, I it's probably the third or fourth date that I look at, and I say, where are we going to be? What's going on the Thursday and Friday? of the first yeah. weekend of the tournament, because I'd like to have at least one day to watch those games. I enjoyed going to cover them with Chris Hagan as my boss back in the day, and now it's fun to watch from afar. And Hagan, you didn't get to go to Birmingham this weekend. What happened? Well, I apologize, but Hagan's out there socializing right now. Oh, I can't imagine <laughs> that. That's kind of what he did when he went to cover the tournament, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you never saw that when you worked at 59, when you would be doing the work and Hagen is out socializing. I'm sure that never uh, yeah. happened. I never. I, I can't imagine one time that happening. But you'd think he would have at least said goodbye during this interview before leaving to go socialize. No, I'm the I'm the uh, last man standing right now of the three that were here. <laughs> there, we've got some socializing going on inside O'Reilly's downtown. So. I'm here with you. But, no, we'll be watching coming up tomorrow night. Enjoy the rest of these games, and uh, we'll do it again soon, JJ. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. You guys have fun. Everyone have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Jeremiah Johnson of Bally Sports Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Day two, round one, NCAA Tournament 2023. Michigan State a 10-point winner over USC in a 7-10 matchup in the East region. That's earlier today, the first game that actually got underway. Uh, that's in the books, and that was Michigan State by 10 again earlier today. I'll get you the rest of what is going on in college basketball because there's some interesting stuff. I was bummed, honestly, uh, regarding Xavier. And I know that you're going to say, well, it's just Kennesaw State, and you just wanted to see, you know, obviously the uh, – the underdog win. It wasn't so much that as it was. Kennesaw State deserved to win that. Sean Miller didn't, and Kennesaw State just went into the offensive tank there for the final 12 or so minutes, and that's why they ended up losing. 14-point lead, second half. They end up losing by five a little bit earlier, 72-67. Three-seeded Xavier, 14-seeded Kennesaw State in that matchup. Just gone final two out west. St. Mary's, the five seed, 63-51 over the A-10 rep, the 12 seed, VCU. And Baylor, 74-56. 3-14 matchup in the south. Baylor Bears, a winner there. And you got games ongoing right now we're going to keep track of as well. Seven minutes to go in the first half. Great, the six-point lead over NC State in the 6-11 game in the south, 2014. And after just an awful start for Iowa State, they're getting back into it right now. The 11-seed Pittsburgh, the 6-seed Iowa State. Uh, the Panthers now just a seven-point lead. It was ugly early. 
But Iowa State has rebounded just a little bit right there, down seven. Marquette right now, 58-44, with under 11 to go in the second half over the 15-seed Vermont. Again, that's a 2-15 matchup in the East region. All right, Purdue, 6.55 tonight. IU, 9.50-9.55 in their first-round matchup. Boilermakers, Fairleigh Dickinson in Columbus. You got IU and Kent State in Albany, New York, coming up later on tonight. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, rejoins Chris Hagan the Fox 59, also here. We're at O'Reilly's. We're downtown celebrating St. Patrick's Day 2023 with Heaven Hill Distillery. We'll get everybody back together again. The band is all back together coming up on the other side right here. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. They call me Cuba Steve. I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick 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 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Celebrating St. Patrick's Day 2023 downtown O'Reilly's with Heaven Hill Distillery. Chris Hagen is here, Fox 59. We'll get to Joel, the owner, in a second, too. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst of Heaven Hill Distillery, has a very special announcement that you want to make right here, correct? John, we have a great announcement to make. And okay. uh, it, it, it's St. Patrick's Day, right? It so what better is. way to celebrate with a bunch of friends but we have a special celebration today. We have Garrett's birthday. So happy birthday, Garrett. And, and real quick, while we have all this great crowd here, can we get a big happy birthday shout out? And this is on behalf of Carolyn's Irish Cream and Heaven Hill Brands yes. and JMV. And me. Garrett, happy birthday, my man. On three, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> to you. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers you to you, are sweetie. welcome. You bet. Pleasure. Absolutely welcome. But what better way to celebrate, yeah. right, than coming here to O'Reilly's Irish Pub. And we are fortunate enough well, to that. I think Garrett's had somewhat of a pretty strong run of luck. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day. He's done all right. He's done all right. He says it's been a good day for <laughs> way him. Way to go, Garrett. He's way celebrating. Celebrating way well. Way to go. Is that Joel over there we right now? We have Joel here. The reason we're all here, though, is because of Joel Reitz right here yeah. with O'Reilly's Irish Pub. And it's so good to be back, my man. Thank you for having us. It was great to have you back. Absolutely a pleasure, guys. And this has been awesome. I mean, yes. I walked in. I literally got off a plane, showered, came in here, and it was packed. And that was like hours ago. And it's just been nonstop since, man. I love this. I love seeing it. Where did you park the Gulfstream? Uh, yeah. Huh? Where'd you park the Gulfstream? The Gulfstream. <laughs> well, you know, crazy story enough, I don't have a Gulfstream. 
But I do have, I did have to get a rental car this morning because my car got a little bit injured oh, no. by my uh, youngest don't tell daughter. The story. I love you, Sierra. Don't tell the story. Not going to tell the story, but I had to do a little work. So I don't have an Airstream, Joel, but I parked this uh, Volkswagen Atlas, I believe it is. Pretty wild car. Right out front, I, I found a spot that just it worked out perfectly. They, it, the seas parted, and I pulled in. It was great. But you guys, you guys have been rocking all morning, huh? So Smiley was here, which Smiley gave he some shout-outs. Uh, he did give us some shout-outs this morning. 6 a.m., yeah. you've been We're that going hard. back and forth. See, Smiley's jealous because he has a group of friends called the Bros. His friends, and they actually like me better than they do him. <laughs> and he cannot quite come to terms with the fact that the Bros like me better. So we had a little bit of a back and forth earlier today. You know, that's a good battle, John. That's a great battle. It is a good battle. Smiley and I are good friends, by the way. He's I a great love guy. Day, love great Day guy. Smiley. But, yeah, you can't. The bros like me better. You know, Sean <laughs> and SPT, all those, they, they like me better. Oh, yeah. And he, it's, it's tough for him to come to grips with that. It's got to be. It's yeah, got to be. It I is. Mean, it's kind of like a, a good back and forth battle, you know. <laughs> but what better now? way here at O'Reilly's, right? They kicked it off from 6, 6 a.m. to 10. It's been, it's been great, absolutely. I got here, I'm at the 13-hour mark here. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, you look fresh as a daisy I'm over sure there, buddy. I do. Fresh as a daisy. Corn <laughs> hey, beef and cabbage at 4 a.m. and all that. Listen, you, you guys, Joel, you guys here at O'Reilly's downtown, you got the, the menu year-round, but are there any adjustments to it? Anything more special today on St. Patrick's Day you celebrate menu-wise? We make corned beef and cabbage today. We yeah. normally don't have that. We just kind of condense the menu a little bit, make it easier on the kitchen staff. Yeah. So what is, is, what's the relation with corned beef and cabbage? Does that make it lucky for you if you eat it? I believe that is the... Is that, yes. that is corned beef and cabbage? You're lucky. St. Patrick's Day and New Year's Day. See, I don't understand that. Well, who cares? <laughs> I don't either. I, I think maybe it is. You drink so much, by that time you go, yeah, whatever. Corned beef see, and cabbage. That's yeah, my lucky. philosophy is I'm you really have a good lucky. cocktail. <laughs> you got to feel lucky then, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. You and do. this guy right here, and JV, I'm going I'm to toot his horn here real quick. Joel and I go back uh, many, many years. We've had the pleasure of uh, knowing and working and being friends for a while. And uh, I, I, I used to work um, with another company back in the day. This is probably 2006, seven. And, and to this day, I, I, I always promote him. He is one of the, if not the best craft cocktail maker, bartender extraordinaire that I've ever met. Mixologist in my life. And he does it by just looking at brands. He doesn't even have to smell them, taste them, whatever. He just puts them together. He put together these today. I've never even seen anything like this, and, and it's outstanding. You're like but the rain man of liquor over he there. He really is. Rain man of liquor. The liquor <laughs> really is. It's, it's an honor, though. It's an honor, man. You've That's done a great nice job, and I really appreciate all you've done for, 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 for me, but uh, for, for everybody. Look at what you're doing here. And you've got uh, several Rileys and the Prodigy Burger Bars going and all kinds yes, of good sir. things, man. I love it. It I is love just it. great to see you guys here. If anybody out there hasn't met these two, they're just wonderful gentlemen. Wonderful. Well, uh, we love coming, too. And obviously, you had you had Smiley out earlier. KJ was here doing uh, her, her YouTube show a little bit early. I, I have a great deal of admiration. She's a longtime friend, her and her husband, Patrick. But, uh, no, nah, I love it. Back to back to back, what you have on St. Patrick's Day here. No place we would rather celebrate than right here. And the party still is going strong, right? Even after I leave, which will at some point have to happen. But after that, you guys are still going strong, aren't you? And at 9 p.m., we have the bagpipers coming through. Oh, oh that's nice. right. Yeah. We've never done this a night before. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's usually about 1 or 2 in the afternoon. Can't wait for it at night. So what do you anticipate, like, like this at, at, at 1 a.m. tonight? What, what does this look like right here? Is this still going this strong? Being it's a Friday night, it might be. Yeah. Yes. 
It's pretty wild. It's like the perfect storm, right? We've got the NCAA tournament. We've got St. Patrick's Day on a Friday. Um, you know, last year, I think we had yeah. uh, we had some tournament action in town. Yeah, it was happening here. It was yeah. here, yes. so there was yeah. a lot more even going on. Yeah. But this is St. Peter's, Kentucky, I believe, was on this date. It was. Year, You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Your memory blows me away, yeah. too. Yeah, right? well, I mean, and the I'm other memory was, right wasn't was Michigan here and Hunter Dickinson, the Michigan center, I think, was in here eating. Yes. I think a lot of the Michigan team last year was in here. The only difference between this year and last year is that and the fact that the weather was like 70 degrees last year. You are the rain man of St. Patrick's Day. I see, I told you, Joe. <laughs> they bring me along the for the ride The rain man of drinks, the rain man of St. Patrick's Day, and I just, I, I'm going to sit here and drink and toast to both of you. Yep. Yeah, well, hey, uh, what anything coming up you want to talk about, too, just beyond St. Patrick's Day here at O'Reilly's downtown? It's always fun. It's always welcoming. It's always like hanging out at your neighbor's house. It, it really is. is. Absolutely right. Joel, thanks for having us, man. Absolutely a That's pleasure, guys. That's awesome as that is, Joel, right there. You have all thanks, the buddy. O'Reilly's favorites here on the menu, ready to rock right now. A little fish and chips sounds really good. So when you come down here, even if you can't make it by the show, make sure you come down here and ask for Joel and tell him that you heard it right here, and uh, he'll be thankful for it, too. So Joel's having a great day into the hour 13, and uh, Garrett's probably going to have a pretty good day himself. Well, I, I, I believe so. It looks Garrett's like day it. Garrett's day is going to be strong. Like I mean, yes. he's, he's doing all right, you know? <laughs> I'm going go to go touch Garrett. Hey, see my, can some of that hey, rub off? That's like uh, eating uh, corned beef and cabbage, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. just a yeah, little, little rub. So. All right, give me an update on the scoreboard with the first-round games. First-round day two coming up here in just a couple of minutes, too. Uh, one, in fact, is, is Pittsburgh got out to an 18-2 advantage. Up seven at the half. That's an 11-6 matchup with Iowa State. We'll do that. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is in Albany, New York. IU Kent State, the neighborhood of 950, 955-ish coming up later on tonight. And their first round matchup, one of the final games in round number one to actually be played. And the Boilermakers embark into what they hope that their team pushes further than they have, certainly in recent years as a number one seed, Purdue and Fairleigh Dickinson. That is a 6.50 or thereabouts tip time from Columbus, Ohio. That is later on this evening as well. We shall keep you updated. By the way, if you missed it earlier this week, Matt Painter, who is the head coach of the Boilermakers, joined us on this show. I also wanted to give a shout-out Brooks Barnheiser, who is a friend of the show, sophomore at Northwestern, with Northwestern getting their win in round one over Boise. Last night in Sacramento, moving on to round number two in a matchup coming up tomorrow with UCLA. Brooks Barnheiser, I think, had eight or ten points, maybe ten points as a sophomore in that win, and Northwestern moves on to round number two. I'm not suggesting everybody loves Northwestern, but he is a great kid. I've known his dad forever, the coach at Lafayette, Jeff Mark Barnheiser. But Brooks is coming into his own right now and is really fun to watch. And also Florida Atlantic with my friend Dusty May from Eastern Green. Dusty May is their head coach. Florida Atlantic and Memphis in the 8-9 game over in Columbus, and the winner of that game would, assuming here, get Purdue in round number two in Columbus coming up on Sunday. So Florida Atlantic, the 31-3 Florida Atlantic Owls, and their head coach, Dusty May, from Eastern Green, just like me from Columbus against Memphis later on tonight. Quick break. We'll get to that scoreboard update. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher coming up at the top of the hour. Betting analyst Brent Halverson. I have zero idea where Hagen is. I'm assuming that Hagen's bailed, right? 
I believe he has. He probably has like a. Does he have like a, yeah. a sports show to do or something tonight? No, he has nothing. He's to got do. a prep. No. Normally, this is this is like classic Hagen. He just kind of ghost floats out of here. The yeah. Irish exit. They call it ghost now. I call it. Uh, is that what that is? The Irish exit. Yeah. It's I, it's it's, 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 it's his stealth exit. He just unbeknownst <laughs> to anybody, just kind of peels out and leaves. And I'm assuming that Hagen is now gone without telling us that he is leaving. Hey, we got Colts folks coming up a little bit later on, too. The last word with Matt Taylor and the Goreman is going to be live here coming up in the 6 o'clock hour as well. Quick break. We'll come back. Me and you, Don Fisher, top of the hour. Brent Halverson as well, celebrating St. Patrick's Day at O'Reilly's downtown with Heaven Hill Distillery at 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Let us celebrate continuously St. Patrick's Day at O'Reilly's downtown. Thanks to Joel for joining us a little bit earlier. Thanks to these ladies for dancing right there. Hey, thanks for having a great afternoon here. We appreciate that. Brent Halverson, betting analyst. Chris Hagan stealthed out of here per usual at 430. <laughs> Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is going to join us. Kyle Knezovich just actually just texted me and said, hey, did you know Jerry Cantrell is playing at the Vogue on Monday? Yeah, I've got tickets. No you want to go? I might. Yeah. We're a, uh, we're a little sponsor there. For Gosh, why didn't I get him on the show then? He's been on the show like twice. I'm a big Cantrell guy. Well, big. maybe we can see if we can do something for a Thursday show. Because it is Thursday, I believe. Is it? I thought it was no, Monday. No, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. The, I thought uh, it was Monday is what hold on, Kedesma hold on. said Monday. I'll, I'll, I'll do some checking here while you're... You check that. Brian Calvert joins us. Dixie the Praying Dog is hanging out here. B. Calvert is a friend of the show. You guys were on a television show, and you've been running around Hollywood. What the hell's Man, happening? We've been, we've been so busy. Yeah, we filmed that Amazon Prime series in 2020 called The that's, Pack. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we're in the Mayberry Man movie, or she is. Yes. So last November. Do you get any screen time for this, or is it just Dixie? Actually, in November, we were in L.A. filming the sequel to The Mayberry Man, and it goes, hey, Brian, can you uh, take your shirt off and put some swim trunks on and be an extra in the background? Nice. I'm like, well, as long as I don't have to flex, <laughs> you know, no side, prof- side profiles or anything. But, yeah, right. we were out there in November doing that, and uh, we actually got to do something pretty cool. We got to uh, attend the uh, Ronnie James Dio Cancer Fund celebrity bowling right. event. Dixie got to walk the red carpet with Jack Black, uh, Tom Morello, Lita Ford, uh uh, the lead singer, Con- uh, Tyler Connolly from uh, Theory of a Dead Man, which he just called me last week, wanting me to come to the show in Cincinnati. But uh, we, were in, we were in Iowa, so, man, it was just a wild time out there. And just following this dog around, I get to meet all these cool people. And 
Back in August, I had you hooked up for an interview with the lead singer from Vixen, Lorraine I, I Lewis. Remember, I remember. I could not get a hold of you, though. Well, I mean, you know. You're hard to get a hold of. No, I'm, I'm, I know. Well, Dixie is a star right there, too. So she is. Walking the red carpet with Morello. It was pretty awesome. She's. Yeah. I got a picture of her with him petting her. Then I got another picture of her asleep in the booth with him. <laughs> Sitting in the booth with Tom, Tom Morello, Morello, by the way. For those of you that may not know it, you should. Rage Against the Machine is... Certainly Tom Morello. It was pretty awesome. And then Ronnie James Dio's wife was there, Wendy. And uh, if, if you if you like the music like we like, like oh, yeah, no the doubt. 80s rock. Yep. I mean, Ronnie James Dio is probably one of the best singers of all time. Sung on Black Sabbath yep. and Dio. And, yep. and to be there with his wife and to help raise money for that cancer fund was Not pretty amazing. The last in line. <laughs> right, amazing right. singer. <laughs> amazing singer. Where's, uh, where's uh, the next location for Dixie and you, B. Calvert? Uh, we're going to be in Peoria, Illinois at the Illinois Deer Classic at the end of the month doing an appearance for three days. We were just in Iowa a couple weeks ago. Um, we've got to film the last segment of the uh, Mayberry Man series. Yeah. The sequel to that's going to be a series. And there's a pretty well-known race car driver from Indy that's going to be there really? in, in the series. We can't really announce it yet, but uh, his last uh, initials are JR. Sounds, so, yeah. Ju- he's a junior. I so got you. If that yeah. tells you who he might yeah. be. I but got you. We've got him involved with this Mayberry Man series, and uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, that's just going to add some more incitement to it. Are you single or married? I'm I'm single. I'm. Uh, now, does Dixie help you out with meeting chicks? Dixie is pretty much a chick magnet. But because here's what I've noticed in here: Dixie's been in it the entire time, and it's been nothing but just a line of chicks with Dixie. Dixie does all right bringing it, the girls you in. Get, but, you, you get any of, the, any of the... But here's the problem. I have no game whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. And I don't want to be that guy, hey, you know, we met Dixie and then her dad's a pervert. You know, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> her so. dad's a pervert. So they come in and meet Dixie and get pictures with her and hug on her and kiss on her. And that's, yeah. that's pretty much the extent of it. That's a hell of an icebreaker We you meet a lot there. of people, though. Yeah. We meet a lot of people, get to do a lot of cool stuff and... Uh, she does a lot of good stuff. We've done a lot of funerals lately for veterans and stuff sure. like that. I know, so. I know you guys are with the military a great deal. Yeah, she does uh, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And uh, just the, the meeting the movie stars and the rock stars is just a bonus. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the athletes, like she, when Tennessee played here in March Madness last yep. year, Smokey, the real Smokey, oh, could yeah, not get yeah, here. Yeah. They had uh, Dixie escort him out of the hotel in her uh, little mini Jeep. So that was pretty cool, you know. So we could do a lot Look of you, man. stuff. That's an icebreaker right there. Hello, Dixie. B. Dixie, tell him. Thanks, Dixie. Tell him. See, look at the. It's awesome. That is so awesome. The chicks all just flock to Dixie. Hey, what do you think about her coming to Carb Day? I think that's beautiful. I mean, don't you do that already? I'll put a little bit. I thought you did that already. No, I've never been proud of the Carb Day. She goes to the track a lot. But not on car day, just because all the stuff that goes on. But I'm thinking uh, about maybe putting a bed up there in front of your front of your booth. And uh, well, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, on up there too. Maybe behind. We'll put her up there Close, with you, on the side. so you can keep her safe. Yes, and, uh, yes, I'll watch her. But that could be. Uh, yeah. Your first celebrity on Carb Day, that's confirmed. That's good, buddy. You know, we got to meet Ric Flair out there, you know. So <laughs> we did that. We've done a lot of crazy stuff with you yeah, out there. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what, that's awesome. How old is Dixie? Dixie's seven. Nice. Dixie's seven. She's been all over the world, yeah. all over the country. 
She's done more stuff than probably yeah. you or I or you will ever do. That's incredible. As a grown man, you know what I mean? So. Well, we love Dixie. We love great dog. Ryan she does Calvert, a lot of good brother. stuff. And we thank, love you, man. Thank you very we much, you. man. You do a lot of Keep great it stuff going. Here, and we love you. Look at that's all, awesome, look at all the chicks yeah, all over Dixie. It's big. The Colts love it, too. Can what we could have done with that back oh, in our 20s? John. Hey, John. you've seen it at the tailgates for the Colts games. I know it. Driving a little Jeep around. I'm telling you. Pretty awesome. This is me. Me back in my 20s all brokenhearted going, oh. Thanks a lot. You missed out. But, hey, it's never too late, right? Yeah, never too late. I we need a you, Dixie. We can get you a Dixie. Goodness. Let's get yeah. you a Dixie. Good to see you, buddy. All right, bro. Thanks Thanks seeing you guys. Cheers. Brian Calvert right there with Dixie, the praying dog. And you see Dixie out at a lot of events. I know they do a lot with the military, which is pretty awesome as well right there. So that is a good icebreaker, though. That really is. Yeah. It's a great way to uh, look at a great dog. I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. I would have trained my dog Scarlet to do that, you know, like to, just to be a little bit more present. Yeah, you know? you know, I got Laney's cat, Zeke, and he's just I saw big, Zeke on uh, Fox, Fox 59. 59. Yeah, yeah. fell off no the uh, deal. I saw yeah. it was awesome. Wish there had been a big hole uh, right there. <laughs> so you keep falling. No, it's good stuff. <laughs> Zeke is a huge pain in the ass. I did a little research, John. So uh, okay. Jerry Cantrell show at the Vogue is Tuesday the okay. 21st. So okay. it's Tuesday. Let me, let me reach out to my man Damon over there. Damon's awesome. All the guys over there that, that took over the Vogue are just doing a tremendous job. Let me see if there's anything we can do, because yeah. if you'd like to do a little interview with Jerry, oh, I think it'd Jay, be kind of cool. Jay Cantrell's a huge sports fan. Oh, yeah. Huge. He's a great, great time. I mean, he's a big NFL fan, does fantasy football, and he I've had him on twice before. He's a great conversation. That's awesome. Yeah, That's good. sports and stuff. Brent some, Halverson, betting analyst right there, having a little distillery. We are live at O'Reilly's downtown. Celebrating St. Patrick's Day. On the other side, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Albany, New York with IU later on tonight. Around about 9.50, 9.55, they tip against Kent State. Boilermakers remember 6.50 tonight with Fairleigh Dickinson in their first-round game. So we'll get you updated on all that's going on. And Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, going to join us coming up on the other side. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. The Goreman, a part of everything Colts, going to be here as well. They will do the last word live in here coming up a little bit later on tonight, too. Quick break. We'll come back. 5 o'clock hour, Yacht Rock review tickets. You're going to get a chance when you hear a Yacht Rock song reentry to win those for August the 12th at the TCU Amphitheater for Yacht Rock review. Your chance to win coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you so much, Jenny. Gave me a blow pop right there. Thank you. Cheers. Jenny right there. We're live. We are celebrating St. Patrick's Day. O'Reilly's downtown with Heaven Hill Distillery. 
Oh, man. College basketball wall-to-wall updates scoreboard-wise coming up in just a minute for these day two round one matchups coming straight at you as well. A little bit earlier, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Chris Hagan was here, and he kind of just disappeared around the 4 o'clock hour, as he normally does. Betting analyst Brent Halverson rejoins. Matt Taylor and the Goreman will be here to do the last word coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, too. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon, first Purdue, right, has their matchup with Fairleigh Dickinson. Around 6.50 is that tip from Columbus. Staked out in Albany, New York, later on tonight and much later on tonight. 9.50 or thereabouts, the scheduled tip. IU and Kent State with the Hoosiers' first-round matchup with Kent State. And the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us as he normally does on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline on this Friday. Hello, Don. How are you? Good, John. How about yourself? I want to also wish congratulations to you and your son, Scott, for that gig on the Red Field down at Edgewood High School. The Red Field. What do you guys think about that Red Field down at Edgewood? Well, I really haven't seen it in person, but I'll be looking forward to seeing it at some point uh, here in the next couple of years because obviously Scott uh, received the head football coaching job there, learned that this week, and obviously he's excited. We're all excited for him. and. He's been coaching a long time, and he's looking for his probably his last-ditch uh, effort at, head, at being a head coach. He was at Lawrence Central for a couple of years and had success at Bart Tudor four, uh, and has been an assistant coach uh, at several different schools since then and got three state championship rings out of that with uh, Warren Central and uh, Chittard and, and uh, Lawrence. So there's no question uh, he's a good football coach. He's been around a long time. He knows what he's doing. Got a terrific personality with kids. Uh, we're look, really looking forward to his opportunity at Edgewood. So is he um, is he moving to Ellettsville? Well, I don't know that he can he can commute from if he wants to. He lives up at Broad Ripple, so <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would think that the next move would be to Ellettsville or someplace uh, in that area. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, this is kind of, not that it's sudden or anything like that, but because we knew he was going to try and get it a different coaching job. He was at Franklin Central for the last couple of years uh, as an assistant there. Uh, But, you know, when something like this occurs and you you never know if you're going to get it or not, and all of a sudden they like what they heard, and obviously he's excited about the opportunity. So my gut feeling is he'll probably make the move. That is awesome. We can get him a little place out there on Heart Straight Road, somewhere off Heart Straight Road, right? Maybe (laughs) get to go to the Village Inn all the time now. So well, exactly. I mean, I mean, and there's no better place to have breakfast than the Village Inn in Ellettsville. I'm just telling you. I'm a big fan of Ellettsville. Even when they tore the the porn drive-in theater down, I still remained a big fan of Ellettsville. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I didn't know about. I guess I'll have to look into it. <laughs> well, you look into it when you have time. I know that you're prepping like the bejesus here to get set for tonight's game against. Kent State, I want to ask you this, because we've talked about rest and and the grind of a long season often this year. Um, and a lot of people say, especially like me, go, oh, man, like we're almost 10 o'clock tonight. I'm going to be asleep, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> How much good do you think it does for these players, though, that clearly a couple of them near the end of the season of the Big Ten tournament looked like they needed a, a short blow or two? This extended period of time, maybe do them a little bit of justice tonight, Don? I hope so. I, I don't think there's any question that Indiana was out of gas a little bit at the end of the season. Uh, they certainly had time to 
to get ready for the Big Ten tournament. They won their first game against Maryland in that matchup. Unfortunately, they didn't beat Penn State the next day out. Uh, I don't know if that was a factor in that matchup or not, but I, I can say this. Every team in the Big Ten went through the same grind, so hopefully it was not a major factor in the outcome. And Penn State uh, has been really a good basketball team all year long, but they've really come on here at the end of the season. Uh, they've got some terrific players in that ball club, and we all know that Micah Shrewsbury does a tremendous job of coaching in just his second year. He's got him in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I can't uh, I can't say enough about his performance, and, and their basketball team is really difficult to deal with, and they proved that again last night with their victory in the NCAA tournament, uh, uh, knocking off Texas A&M. Yeah, no doubt. They looked really good, Don, last night against the Aggies. There's no question about that. Rob Sinderhoff is a familiar face, uh, certainly not one that a lot of IU fans really want to talk about in depth, but certainly a familiar face back in the Kelvin Sampson era for you, too. What are your thoughts on what you have learned, what you have uh, read up, what you have watched from Kent State, that MAC champion? Well, I know this. They are one tough-minded basketball team, and that's that's kind of what we expected to see out of a Rob Senderhoff team. He's been their, their head coach for this is his 12th season, and they have not had a losing season since he has been there. Uh, he was an assistant coach for Kent State after he left Kelvin Sampson uh, for several years, and, and now, of course, the head coach, and he's had great success there. They've won six MAC championships, six big uh, six MAC tournament championships as well. Uh, the guy knows how to coach, and there's no question his team is really a tough team to deal with, especially defensively. They forced a ton of turnovers this year with their defensive play. They've got a couple of really star players in that regard. Sincere Carey, who's their leading scorer. Malik Jacobs is their second leading scorer, and they're two of the best defensive players on the team at those guard positions. 6-1 and 6-3. They've got a big inside named Hornbeak. Uh, he plays several minutes, but they also have some help. They're not the biggest team in the world by any stretch. Myron Thomas, another starter, is 6'8". Cameron Dave, Avon Cameron Davis is 6'5". They're off the bench. They're not big. Chris Payton is a 6'7 guy, and Jalen Sullinger, 5'10". Those are the two top reserves that play a lot. And Chris Payton, of course, is really a good shooter from outside uh, or, or inside either one. Um, actually, he's, he's, I, I take that back. He's actually a guy that plays more inside than he does outside. Um, Sullinger is the guy who can knock down threes. He's 43% from that lane. So what I've learned about these, this team is that they're just hard-nosed. They are tough defensively. They're going to try and intimidate you as much as they possibly can. And Indiana's going to have to hold up to that and do some intimidating of their own, no question about it. Well, I mean, they should be able to do that. I would hope they would be able to do that because, you know, obviously one of the, the top two players, in my opinion, in college basketball that they have in Trace Jackson Davis. And Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, joins us. First-round matchup, Kent State and IU later on tonight in Albany, New York. Before we get to Trace and the offense and some of the expectations, who's going to get that defensive assignment? As you mentioned, Sincere Carey is their go-to guy offensively. Who's going to draw that assignment tonight, in your opinion, Don? Well, my gut feeling is uh, the guy that's been taking on the, the top score for the other team at the guard position has been Trey Galloway. He's done that almost the entire season since he's been a starter. He usually takes that role. Uh, and Jalen hood Shafino at 6'6", he's a big guard. He can look over people, uh, obviously, but he can also guard people. And he's not, he's not the best defensive player of the two. 
but he is long enough to make it difficult for a shorter guard. And there's no doubt he might have some uh, pressure on Sincere Carey as well, because Carey is the guy that uh, stirs the drink for this Kent State ball club. Jacobs is a tremendous defensive player, but he's also a good scorer. They love to get it inside. They love to blast inside, but they've taken uh, they've taken almost 800 three-pointers this season. <laughs> Compare that to Indiana, who's taken 505. So they're going to throw up the basketball and try to make threes. They're going to make this try to make this an ugly game from a defensive standpoint. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of de- who kind of develops the role of taking control with the tempo that they like to play at. And you know as well as I do, if Indiana can get out and run against anybody, they're probably as good as anybody in the country in that regard to get a lot of fast-break baskets and, and get the ball down the court in a hurry. But some teams try to make them play slower. And the games that they played against the best teams that they played this year, they played Gonzaga and they played Houston. I think they lost by five to Houston and seven to Gonzaga. And they made it very difficult. They, they lost a game in the 40s against Houston. So that tells you that they can slow it down and make it difficult for you to score as well. Yeah, they're, they're legit. There's no doubt about that. Don Fisher joins us. You, you mentioned Trey Galloway. When I first brought up about this extended period of time to rest, he was one of those guys I thought that really could need it. Because in that Big Ten Conference tournament, he looked like that if there were somebody looked like he was out of gas, it was him. I agree with you. I, I thought the same exact thing, and his performance offensively kind of showed it. He wasn't knocking down shots as he had throughout the season. He just didn't have the same pizzazz, so to speak, that he had during the, most of the campaign. And I think that was all a product of just being, you know, tired at that point in the season. This this layoff that they've had since then, obviously they've had plenty of time to get ready for this and to get some rest for these guys. And the one thing that you hope is that everybody is healthy for this matchup, and we never really know that until we do the pregame interview with Mike because they keep those things pretty quiet. But I think the one thing that this team can count on is that just about everybody's ready to play. Don Fisher joins us again, IU and Kent State tonight in neighborhood 950-955. Hopefully not much later than that, but it certainly very well could be from Albany, New York's day two. First round matchup again, IU Kent State coming up later on tonight. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. 93 WIBC is where you can hear that game, obviously, coming up later on this evening, too. You mentioned, too, going to your go-to. Well, this is where it should really pay off, Don, is having a guy like Trace Jackson Davis. I know it's easier said than done. I know defensively sometimes teams can take somebody away. They have leaned on Trace so much, and it seems like that, you know, you have a guy of that magnitude. This would be kind of getting your feet wet with everybody else, the type of game where you'd love to see him go off and let everybody kind of acclimate to this tournament at their own ease and let him take this thing over a little bit tonight. Well, I hope that can be the case. Uh, I, I think that's the one thing that concerns me about Kent State in this ball game is that they try to maybe play a little bit like Michigan State did against Indiana with that dig down from the guard position because these guys are really good defenders. And they'll, they'll probably come with that double team from guys in a lot of different ways and try to, you know, the, they'll t- let the pass get in there to him as long as it's not down there right in the paint, so to speak. But then, of course, they're going to try and take him away with another guy coming over to, to dig down and make sure that he passes the ball out. And that's going to make it critical for Indiana tonight in this three-point department, in my opinion. I just think you've got to be able to make freeze against a team that's going to double you. And 
Trace has been terrific at passing the ball outside when the double team comes. He is the leading assist man on this ball club with 123 assists this year because he has learned how to pass out of the double team. So I think that's going to be a critical factor in this ball game. how Indiana handles the double team, number one. And number two, can they knock down threes if that's exactly what happens in regard to the double team on Trace? Oh, Don, not turning it down. I, I don't want to see any sidestepping out of threes by Miller Cop. You know, and I know, and he made some tough twos in that game against Penn State, Don. I'll give credit where credit is due, some tough twos. But, I mean, hell, that's not his game. I mean, his game is when you kick it out there or make a skip pass, he's there to shoot it. And when he defers or sidesteps that and passes, I, that just, to me, that, that puts the offense completely out of whack. I can't argue with you. I, I think the same thing. I, I think he's turned too many shots down here of late. Uh, he's a guy that Trace Jackson Davis, he said this maybe about a month ago or maybe three weeks ago, whatever it was, he, that every time, he, every time he throws the ball out to, to Miller, he says, shoot it. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. that's what everybody wants the guy to do. Uh, he's just reticent to do that sometimes. Uh, maybe a key for him is to make that first one. If he gets the first one to go down, I don't think he's quite as – uh, defensive in the sense of, of shooting the three-point shot. But but right now, you've got to do that. This is the time of the year where you can't be fooling around. Everybody that you play is going to be able to beat you if you don't play at your best. And to be at your best, you've got to have your guys that can knock down three, shoot it. And without question, Miller and Trace, or Trey Galloway are both guys that I think need to do that in this ballgame. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, 93 WIBC. has got your coverage, IU and Kent State tonight. And we'll leave you with this. Uh, we probably both agree on this. My God, if Tamar Bates could give you anything from distance to take some of this pressure off, that would make things so much better offensively. I mean, just anything. And I, Maybe it's just me. I think they went 2 of 14, which is atrocious. But he was the 2 of the 14. And right. that was on a neutral floor. It was the United Center. I mean, it wasn't at Assembly Hall. Maybe, maybe a little bit of confidence built off of that. I don't know if I'm... If I'm just searching, stretching, or what right now, but he would be so big if he could just consistently find that for this team. Well, the last two or three ball games, actually the last five or six, uh, not that he's done it every ball game in the last five or six, but he's done it more often here at the end of the season. He has stepped up, and he certainly did against Penn State. He had 14 points in that game, uh, the two threes that you speak of in that contest. They need that from the bench. There's just nobody else that you can count on to give you a significant number of points off the bench that can really help you at this point of the season. Caleb Banks is not being used as much as he was earlier on, and I thought he might make a difference. He just hasn't had the opportunity. And Tamar Bates is the one guy that's come off the bench here of late, along with Malik Renew, and actually made something happen from the bench. So, uh, obviously, the bench has gotten much shorter since Mike Woodson uh, has gotten to this point in the season. He's not called on as many guys. And, of course, you're, you're basically going to go with the guys you trust the most. And Tamar is obviously one of those people, and you hope that he can contribute tonight in this matchup. You know what? Ian? Normally i got to keep this between the lines. But you and I both know that I like Trace a great deal. And I'm not going to think about this in terms of what some IU fans might. But I want him to make a stamp on a postseason 
team-wise. I mean, he's done so much individually, you know, and obviously been one of the greatest to ever play in an IU basketball uniform. I just don't want people, Don, to be able to double back and go, well, look what he did individually, but look what he did, you know, when it came to the NCAA tournament. I really want him to go out with a bang on this. I'd love to see it. Well, you're not the only one that would love to see that, and he would be the first to tell you that he is number one in that category. Uh, There's no question. Trace wants to win. Uh, He has made that very clear here all season long. This is all about winning uh, and Indiana becoming the basketball program that people want it to be, and I think he is on a mission to get that done, but he can't do it by himself, as you know. No doubt. All right, Don, what time you guys go on the air tonight? We will be on the air at 8.45, hoping that we somehow start at around 9.45. <laughs> but you can't Good guarantee luck with any of that. You can't, <laughs> you can't guarantee any of that because of how close these games normally are. <laughs> well, I know, that, I know that you're thrilled with the start time and what could be the, the real start time. I know you're thrilled with that. But, hey, can't wait to listen. I really can't. I know you guys will be geared up and ready to go. And, Hopefully they get a win, and we uh, hear you guys again coming up on uh, Sunday in, in some capacity as well. But have a great broadcast. Hey, give uh, your son, Scott, congratulations on that gig at Edgewood, too. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do, too. I'm really excited about it, and especially for him. And we're looking forward to tonight as well, even though it's a late start time. I, get the, I got the notos out. Well, and, you know, even though they're also one of the worst officials in high school of all time, Lance Ringler's from Ellettsville, I'll look past that. <laughs> If Lance is listening, he probably no longer will be. (laughs) And you know what else? His wife is a much better golfer than his ass is, Don. I think we know that. We all know that. We all know that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Have a great broadcast, man. Hope we're talking about good things this time next week, Don. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, John. Appreciate it. See you. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We will not be going to our table tonight, by the way, because he's in Albany, New York. But here's where we are. We're at O'Reilly's. We're downtown celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery, is here as well. I know the Goreman and Matt Taylor is going to join coming up before or, or around 6 o'clock, too. Anything piquing your interest about these games you're watching before we hit this break? Well, you know, we've got a lot of uh, interesting stuff here. So you mentioned earlier, Pittsburgh came out hot all over Iowa State, right? Yes. So it's now a 10-point game, 36-26, what I'm seeing right here. Uh, Creighton, NC State, and a little uh, barn burner, 42-41. Iona and UConn, which I like UConn a lot here, John. I'm going to take a second-half stab if this game is uh, in that uh, realm, right? That is a Rick Pitino coach Gale squad of Iona with a three-point lead nearing the four-minute mark of the first half of play right there in the West region. We've got some great games coming up tonight, like you mentioned. Like we got the uh, we got Purdue starting at, uh, what is that, 655, yeah. I believe, something like that. IU coming in at the, uh, the last set of games in the 9 o'clock, late 9 o'clock hour. A lot of good stuff coming up. I mean, you know, hey, March Madness, right? Anything can happen. We've seen a lot already happen. We've got, uh, we've got some dogs barking right now. But uh, I tell you, I, I'm looking forward to see how... These Indiana teams do tonight. I think I think Purdue fares well. I think IU fares well. It's going to be a tough game for them against Kent State, but I really like IU tonight. Um, excited to watch, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Purdue's going to get pressed. Team they're playing fairly Dickinson six seven and under right there. So they and and Purdue has not been a team that has dealt with the press well, as we know. 
I'm not suggesting this thing is going to be close, and it shouldn't be close, uh, certainly from a Purdue standpoint. But Fairleigh Dickinson is going to come out there, already have a game under their belt, already win under their belt, and they're going to press and press heavily. Brent mentioned that game between the 8th seed, checked at the 6th seed, Creighton, and the 11th seed, NC State. Uh, they're around the 10.5-minute mark of the second half right now with Creighton three-point advantage over North Carolina State, 47 44. Also in the second half, the 11th seed Pittsburgh and the 6th seed Iowa State. Pittsburgh has again stretched that lead out against the Cyclones to 13. Hey, oftentimes it does you a great deal of good when you can play that game and you can win that game and you can move on. Now, here's your argument. You're going to say, well, it didn't do IU much good because they beat Wyoming in the play-in game or those first four games a year ago, if you're a member in Dayton, and then went to Portland and got their doors blown off by St. Mary's in the real first-round matchup. So there are always exceptions to that rule, but you can see most of the time, and especially here with Pittsburgh, getting off to a great start, getting a win, getting the feel for the tournament before the team that you're playing does can reap those benefits. A 12-point lead, 40-28 right now for the Panthers of Pittsburgh, the 11 seed over the 6 seed at Iowa State. Games that are in the books have gone final earlier today. We will get that. And the games I want you besides the IU game against Kent State, besides Purdue and Fairleigh Dickinson, games to watch out for later on tonight. FAU, Florida Atlantic, Memphis, not to mention Grand Canyon and Gonzaga. We'll go over those and more coming up. And again, the last word with Matt Taylor and the Gorman is going to be live from here coming up a little bit later on. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst of Heaven Hill Distillery on JMV. The celebration of St. Patrick's Day rolls on O'Reilly's downtown. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. My name is John, and I am damn glad to be with you on this St. Patrick's Day Friday, live downtown from O'Reilly's, our normal celebration. Oh, wait a minute. This sounds a lot. This is Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains right here. Oh, man. Again, it's a great... Allison Chain song. And I want to thank Joel for having us here again. And again, Brent Halverson, our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery. The major reason as to why we're here and as we get down the stretch run here, we got to go until 624 uh, before the last word as well. But as we hit the stretch run here, just another awesome time. It really has been. You know, it has been. And, and again, we talked earlier because last year, again, you mentioned it was 70 degrees, beautiful streets were just plummeting with people. Yes. We still had a good crowd here. 
but today it was cold and, and, and everybody's inside. The sun's coming out, though. I can see out there, which looks great. But uh, what a great crowd from the start today. And, and Joel mentioned earlier, they had, uh, well, Smiley was in from 6 to 10. Oh, uh, yeah. KJ he was, was just a KJ bit was in, here. Yeah, was here too. Joel was in at 4 a.m. I think he said making corned beef and cabbage. He looked a little tired. He, he, he'd had a 14-hour day, and this is an hour ago. So yeah. he had a 14-hour day in before yes. that. So, uh, you know, again, great place to come celebrate St. Patrick's Day right here, downtown Indianapolis, um, O'Reilly's. Great, great spot, great crowd, great staff, great drink specials, John. Got some great stuff down here. Oh, and a lot of your food, your traditional Irish food favorites going on here as well. I don't know what your favorite is. I can always do the the fish and the chips and stuff like that. But. See, that's that's more my style, too. I'm not a big corned beef guy. Yeah, I'm not either, but I could do shepherd's pie. I can Ooh, get down with that. I like a that. shepherd's pie. That, just, that puts, like, everything that I love right in a big pile. So do you not eat <laughs> corned beef and cabbage? Yeah, on, 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 man, I, I, I don't uh, want to really look at too much cabbage. My, my grandmother back in the day used to do that for New Year's Day. That's kind of like a good luck thing for the yeah, year, right? I mean, it's just like... It's like leafy, and then you boil leafy stuff, and it's just all kind of It's all kind of leafy. Yeah. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't like my, like, it's like coleslaw. I kind of look at coleslaw Ooh. and go, God, that's I gross. Love, I love coleslaw. You like coleslaw? Oh, especially on my fish and chips. And I'm from southern Indiana, and I'm supposed to love it, but just get all that white water in there, and it just kind of grosses me out. I love it. That's good. Coleslaw. No way. <laughs> but I'm not a big fan of cabbage either. But, no, nah, seriously, the traditional Irish favorites right here, and I love shepherd's pie at the top of the list right there for sure. All right, games in day two of round number one of this NCAA tournament in the books. Tom Izzo's team, the Michigan State Spartans, the seven seed, 72-62 over the 10 seed USC. Joey Hauser, 17 points, eight rebounds. For Sparty in that win. Mitchell Saxon, one of the many, the myriad of St. Mary's big dudes, 17 and 7. The five seed St. Mary's over the 12 seed VCU a little bit earlier today as well. How about the three seed Sean Miller, Xavier Musketeers survive, or surviving over the 14 seed Kennesaw State. That final 72 67. Big moment in that game, got an opportunity. By the way, Jerome Hunter, the former Hoosier, 24 points for Xavier in that win. But the big moment was former Castle High School in the state of Indiana standout who went to Iowa, past couple of years has been at Xavier. Jack Dungey had the big block there when they were only up one with a couple of seconds remaining. And Xavier goes on to win that 72-67 is your final earlier today. 74-56, the three-seed Baylor over the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara, the 14-seed. Adam Flagler had 18 for the Bears as they move on to round two. And the two-seed and a lot of favorites in brackets that were been filled out uh, in the West. Check that in the East, the two-seed Marquette, 78-61 over the Catamounts of Vermont. That's a 2-16 game right there as Marquette goes to round number two. And, of course, you got games ongoing right now, including Iona just going to the half against UConn. I know. Uh, up and the, the Gales of Iona, not too much of an upset special because I think a lot of people had Danny Hurley's team, the four-seed UConn, going to the final four, maybe even winning it. But they are in a struggle right now as they hit the half down to 39-37. 
to Rick Pitino's 13th seeded Iona Gales. Uh, under seven to go in the second half. Creighton, nine point lead as the sixth seed over the 11 seed NC State. 56 47 in that one. And they're approaching the five minute mark of the second half. Uh, Iowa State can't do anything offensively. Iowa State uh, to the what, five minute mark of the second half, they have 30 points. Iowa State has scored seven points in the second half. 44 30, 14 point lead. Pittsburgh over Iowa State. Everything else coming up later on tonight, including Purdue, Fairleigh Dickinson, right about 6.50 tonight from Columbus. IU Kent State, Brent Halverson, Albany, New York, tip time between 9.50 and whenever the hell they get tipped off in Albany later on tonight. Kent State, IU. I love IU. I really do. I I love IU. You like them going further than just tonight? No. I I mean, yes and no. Uh, they might make it to Sweet 16. I don't think it can go any further than that. I really don't. I'm, it's tough, right? Like, you know, we were talking with Hagen earlier, um, how they're shooting on certain times and who they're playing against. Kent State could give them a game tonight. I really think they could. i just like IU to win the game. I think the IU wins by 10, personally, tonight. Uh, we'll kind of see how that works through a little bit. But uh, but if you look at games like – look at last night, and I had a chance to really watch on the plane, which is yeah. awesome. I watched the Penn State game last night. Right. And, and, wow, Penn State looked great. Funk, that dude, man, he was eight for, 10, 8 for 10, 9 for 11 on threes. And he was just, and one of them was yeah. just, a, he had to throw it up because the time clock expired. Yeah. They look great. And, 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 you know, again, I just, I, I hope IU can kind of carry that momentum going a little bit. But it's going to be interesting. It'll be tough, man. I don't know. Uh, Brent Halverson, JMV here. We got Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and we got the Goreman going to join us. They got the last word at 6.30. They're going to join me, I think, at the tail end of this one, and then Brent and I are going to hang around. You cool with hanging around in the 6 o'clock hours? Where are you going to bail? For a little let bit. Let me know. For a little bit. You let me know because yeah, yeah. I know that you're Harley D, Nicole, you guys. Check you out later. Thank you very much. I know you guys. What's that? Oh, yeah, you got it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Hey, I want to give a big shout-out real right quick. We have, we have a big you? listener out in uh, Castle Rock, Colorado. I love that. Right now. Castle Rock, Colorado. My best friend from all time, Mr. Ryan Parker's out there. And we have Danny Scully, who's in from Asheville, North Carolina. Just came in for the show, John. So look at that. Really? Kind of getting worldwide There's now. a lot of stuff going on it's right there with that. good stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. Right. But, no, hey, great time. Come on out if you're around. Uh, you're here on until 625, I heard, right? Is I that, think so. Okay, another hour here. Come by and get a sample, try some things, and We'll talk celebrate to those guys in just a second. Stuff. I know you got a little bit of jet lag working right I got now. a little bit of jet lag. Hey, 239-1070 before the break. Hey, James, is Donk on hold for us here? Yes, he is. Hello, Donk. How are you, brother? Good afternoon, John. And then the people in the background need to shut the hell up because I'm talking. Chris Hagen did not disappear. I kidnapped his ass. And Utah 559, if they don't want this leprechaun back, I want my pot of gold. Go. <laughs> we got to check on that, Donk. Thank you very much. Because Donk, he may have kidnapped Chris Hagen. Chris Hagen just disappeared. Four o'clock hour, poof. Like your frosted Lucky Charms <laughs> just disappeared from here. Yeah. So he may have been kidnapped. Donk's looking for his pot of gold right there. 
Which is oh, Mr. Hagen. He, he might be on the table, though. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's up next at 239-1070. Eric, welcome to this Friday celebration in O'Reilly's on St. Patrick's Day. How are you? Hey, JMV. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I wanted to get a call in to you before the end of the show today. Uh, it, you know, I know it, it's a lot about March Madness. Go and talk about uh, Colts a little bit. Uh, my, I just wanted to highlight one name. Like, we've needed a receiver for like six or seven years now. You've said it. Everybody in Indianapolis said it. Why is Nico Hardman out there? He's 25 years old. He's probably yeah. the fastest receiver in the league. Why we don't have yeah. a jet and a contract waiting on him. He is the receiver we have needed this whole time. And I don't know, like, I don't care if it's Levis, Stroud, who it is. You get him, Miko Hartman. Like, what are you doing? Do, what, no, no, no. Hey, listen, I agree with you. And here's one of the reasons why. I'll give you a reason why maybe teams don't look at him as genuinely as you and I do is because of the injury situation, how easily he is injured. But I, listen, I agree with you on that. I would agree with you first because I think it's just necessary. I mean, yeah, anybody, I mean, I any would, help, yeah. I think I think that is just necessary. At the yeah, same time, like, I would agree with you on that level of talent. I, he may, to me, end up with somebody that's maybe more ready-made to win right now than certainly the Colts are. But I'm not going to make an argument with you. And I think really the only legitimate argument is just how he has been injury prone. Other than that, fast, skill set, all that across the board. It should interest them. It probably won't. But I think it should. I agree. Well, you just look at the other receivers we have on the team. Like, I love Pittman, but he, I mean, he's a one-two. And you look, I mean, who we have other than that? Doolin. I mean, I like I like uh, the guy we drafted last yeah. year, Alec. But, I mean, man, just Miko Hardman with whatever quarterback you get. Man, I just I, – I love it, you know. But, yeah, Eric, you get no argument from me. I Listen, I'd be happy if it were anybody right now yeah, because there you. is no doubt. I, I don't care who it is. If it's your rookie quarterback, if it's Will Levis, if it's Anthony Richardson, if it's Gardner Minshew, somebody's going to need it. Somebody's going to need it, and I just the, the thing I don't know, and the only reason I could come up with with Hardman in mind is the injury concerns. Other than that, I'm right there with you because that, we've always talked about fortifying that position, and that's why some were surprised that Paris Campbell they let him walk to the Giants. I don't think that's the biggest deal, but you do at some point have to find other assets to add to that wide receiving group. So I'm right there with you on that. I am. Well, thank you, JMV. Eric, have a great weekend. I appreciate that. Brent, what time do you want to bail? You tell me. Uh, I'm going to leave probably about 6 6 6 ish. Okay. Six-ish, yes. We'll come back with Brent. I'm going to see what the Goreman and Matt Taylor want to join us coming up on the other side as well. I'm going to tell you what. In terms of having, for this 53-year-old dude right here on St. Patrick's Day, having to go to the bathroom, does the term racehorse mean anything to you? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to go to this bathroom over here for the first time in a long time, and then I'm going to come back refreshed and ready to handle another strong 40 minutes with you. Brent Halverson, betting analyst, Heaven Hill Distillery. The Gore Man is here. 
and he has brought a lovely lady, which I'm shocked. Uh, Matt Taylor is here, the voice of the Colts. We'll talk with them. They'll take over at 6.30 for the last word. We're live downtown celebrating St. Patrick's Day with Heaven Hill Distillery. Thank you, Joel and O'Reilly's, for always having us. It has been an absolute blast. Quick break. We'll come back right here. I'm going to hit the head. Be right back. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. We are celebrating St. Patrick's Day as we re-enter with this Yacht Rock Classic. (laughs) Yacht Rock Review coming up on August the 12th at the TCU Amphitheater. Number nine at 239-1070. Keep this up, James, back at the studio for a minute, would you? One of the foundational pieces would be this tune. This is Player. Player. Any kind of fool could see there is something. One to ten, Gorman. One to ten on all-time favorite songs. Where would you slot this in for you? This one? Yes. Probably in the four to five hundred area. Four. Aaron. What <laughs> the? I mean, it's up there. It's a good, you know, good singer. Good singer. You know, you sing it maybe come back i saw larry david sing this one time it's beautiful when his uh when his caddy left him went around the corner <laughs> true story where the hell was this it was out in la at riviera larry david from curb your enthusiasm signed yeah. out a guy left and he goes baby come back and it kind of i mean he wailed on the thing too and i think the guy's name was jose or something what were you doing were you caddying for I him was, or what no i was golfing he was in another group and Oh, oh, Larry! Were you riding around in the beer cart? I wanted to say to him, but the reason I'm bringing that up is I wanted to say to him, "I'll give you a hundred if you tell me who sang that." Because I knew for some reason it was Player Forever, like you did, Uh, for having the the nonsense upstairs, the the knowledge we. uh, Oh, beautiful nonsense I got up here! It's a beautiful mind I have. Uh, By the way, number nine at two three nine ten seventy. That is at the TCU Amphitheater Yacht Rock Review coming up this summer. It will be spectacular. I promise. Brent Halverson rejoins. Heaven Hill Distillery, our betting analyst. Look, the Gore Man is present from the Colts. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts here. <laughs> Fellas, first of all, Matt, where'd you find this dude right here? <laughs> I, what I, happened? Yeah, you know, did you, you got to bring did, him up. Was he parking your car? No, you just wanted to bring no, him no, in no, out no, of the no, Colts? No. Jeffrey's a good man here on a Friday night. We're hanging out. We're going to do the last word live. Stay on top of things, up to date. Yeah, so we need you to shut up for about half an hour. Yeah. Live, local, and free agency here on this first week of free agency, man. There's your outfit right there, Gorman. There he is. <laughs> Came up from Did you wear man. that to the Gardner Menchu <laughs> press conference today, Gorman? <laughs> yeah. All right, so what are we going to talk about coming up 
than the 6 o'clock hour. Let's go ahead and tease this bad boy. We're going to talk about QBs. We're going to talk about defensive ends, uh, wide receivers on the on their way out, linebackers on their way out. Uh, We're going to replenish those wide receivers anytime. We shall see, but uh, yeah, a lot of moving and shaking this week, and you know the Colts a little bit more active, would you say, than you anticipated yeah, in free people, agency this first week? A little bit, but people are wanting splashes. Splashes like you know we saw Gilmore last year. Remember? Yeah. I mean that was a bit of a splash. Speaking of which, saw him today, his last day at the complex. Gilmore was cleaning out the locker. I happen to be in the uh, equipment room. He comes walking through, says thanks to all the guys and such, giving them big hugs. Thanks for all you did. They were thanking him back for being a professional and everything. And they're just, everybody, you know, we're giving them the same message. Hey, go win the ring. Good luck. You're playing with a great defense down there in Dallas. He said, you know, sad to go, but you could tell he was, he was ready. The car was running outside, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Here, here I come, number Dan one, Quinn. Number, number one defense in takeaways yeah, the last two right. years. Here I come, Dan Quinn yeah. right there. You guys know Brent Holverson, Heaven Hill Distillery. Yeah. That's our betting analyst yeah. right there. That's the gore man. That's Matt Taylor. Pleasure to have you guys on yeah. here. That's Thanks awesome. For He's it. the one that put together this big party for St. Patrick's Day. Right? Really? Well done. Got to celebrate a little bit, right? I mean, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on. We've got the NCAA tournament. We've got a Friday. We've got uh, St. Patrick's Day, and we've got a great time uh, down here. Right. The last time I started partaking around noon, uh, it did not go well. I was tired. <laughs> I was napped out. It had nothing to do with alcohol, too. I just wanted to take a nap at 630. We have seen some old farts run out of steam here. <laughs> I know. Some this is the about old, the time yeah. of the day where you do start running out. You see some people kind of tapping out a yeah. little bit around yeah, yeah, here yeah. and wanting to, to move forward. Hey, before before, I know we're going to get the football coming up here after 6 o'clock, fellas. Give me some of your impressions on now the first day and a half of this NCAA tournament. Uh, Matty Ochi, uh, take this one for me because uh, <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for the in-house. I, I was waiting for Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue. I mean, well, Michigan, not, Michigan State played earlier today. I know. I, didn't catch yeah. that. I, I just don't have a – I don't have a – I have a huge hand in, in, in this tournament. Well, Never I'll, throw have. A, I'll throw a curveball to Matt Taylor. Right. The Kennesaw State game, that was a heartbreaker for them because they were up three-fourths of that game today. Yeah. Could not hang on. Uh, obviously feel really bad. I'm curious your thoughts on the whole Virginia game because yeah. I thought the kid – I didn't hate the decision that he made. He just didn't throw it high or far enough. Yeah. Were they out of timeouts against Furman? I thought they were. I thought they were. It was, yeah. Obviously, you're double team in the corner. There's a lot of pressure. End of game. And you can't really allocate where everybody is on the court exactly. So I didn't hate the decision, but just feel really bad for him. Plus, he's the guy that missed the, the free throw to go up by two scores late in the game. So... Um, obviously, that that game sticks out, but just honestly terrified as an IU fan of this 13-4 matchup with Kent State and Indiana. Based on the way they play, they're the MAC champions. They turn you over. They play really good defense. They're not going to beat themselves. They take care of uh, good care of the basketball as well. So I just hope. It, it sounds easy and it sounds cliche, but I just hope that the difference in this game is that. Indiana has Trace Jackson Davis and Kent State doesn't, and that kind of wears them down over the course of 40 minutes. They always say in basketball, the first five minutes of the game, the first five minutes of the second half are the most important. First five minutes of this game to get IU off to a good start. Hit some shots early. I'm going to tell you, because if they start bricking it up and get down, man, this thing is going to sit in their head. And I don't think any IU fan wants to see that. Well, I heard you talking with Fish on the way in here. I mean, I think you guys are exactly right. The only thing left for this group, Race Thompson, and especially Trace Jackson Davis, is to do something substantial this time of year. And I would hate for his sake 
to be one of the best IU basketball players in the history of the illustrious program and really have nothing to show for it from a team standpoint and everybody being able to double back to that and say, yeah, but when they talk about and it will always come up man. it will always come up john if you played college basketball you play in my opinion you play at one of two universities either taylor university i think you'd fit in nicely there with why is that (laughs) they're very religious up there i don't think they would like me just look the part or princeton for that matter princeton i'm not smart enough to be there and i'm bringing them up because (laughs) a lot of of backdooring okay i'm not backdoor cutting anybody (laughs) what is it every 20 to 25 years they spring a major first round up yeah Uh, i don't think the coach that, that did it last time is still with us anymore. Pete Carroll is no longer with us. Yeah. Carroll? That was at the Corral. RCA Dome. You remember that? They beat... I said Corral. Corral? Yeah. You remember that? They beat UCLA yeah, at the RCA Dome? Yeah, because Greg like and I were talking about earlier today. Here. Yeah, it was here at the RCA yeah. Dome. We were talking about some of the most significant moments in the history of the Dome. And you got the AFC title game beating New England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you got that. You got you know UNLV Dame, being, Dame being upset by Duke. Damon yeah. Bailey yeah. in his high school. And you got like four. All the final yeah. fours there in that building. Yeah, and the Monsters well. of Rock wouldn't, you know. Yeah, Rolling Stones when Axel there. When Axel called everybody around here a bunch of corn blankers. <laughs> <laughs> great, great moments in great moments. Wait, but I thought he was a, And when that guy got blanker, all stoned and jumped out of the upper lane. <laughs> yeah, he's lying to Pink Floyd concert. Absolutely. Yeah. He's from Indiana. So what's he doing? Who? He called everybody here a bunch of blanking corn blankers. Axel Rose. Yeah. Who was born and raised in? Indiana. Thank Lafayette, you. right? Lafayette. Yeah. So is Izzy. Izzy's from Lafayette. Too. Didn't know that. You didn't know that? Well, you got to get down to business. And, and when, that, when the guy got stoned and... And jumped from the upper deck to the lower deck during the Pink Floyd show back in the late 80s. I think that was more to get stoned. I think there huh? was a little bit more involved there. He so. thought, and I, I actually talked to the guy once, he thought that the, the, the people standing up and, and waving and cheering, it was waves of blue water. And he blue. thought he was going to splash down instead of crashing down on somebody's neck. Probably a little bit more than uh, what a little herb would do. I don't know, just just herb. Thinking. Oh, it was more than just herb. It was more it than was just herb. Yes, yes, there was probably some pharmaceutical grade product going I've down some there. Paper yeah, involved, yes, I'd imagine. All right, what are we going to talk about coming up here after six, guys? Gardner Minshew, Paris Campbell on his way out. Yep. Uh, obviously, the Colts and their quarterback situation with Matt Ryan being released. Nick Foles still on the roster. Uh, what do they do at quarterback now in the draft that uh, hey, Gardner Minshew is in the fold couple here? couple of new guys. You talked to one of them, Tavon Bryan, earlier. Yeah, Tavon uh, Bryan. Samson Ibukam uh, is also on board. Uh, here we, we're we talk had a, about We had him that. in the studio earlier. I, I think he said Ebicom. Did he? Like, think of it yeah. like Ed, but Ebicom. Eb, but Ebicom. There was kind of a running joke I, about I it, I kind of like Ibukam, yeah. though. I think I'm going to stick with him. No. What is it again? Well, whatever he, you, he said. Whatever you, he like said. Ebicom. Ebicom is Ebicom. what I think he Here's said. the one. Try to pronounce his real first name. You better call him Samson because I don't know how to pronounce that at yeah. all. Well, I, I was watching highlights of him. Was it Wednesday night? Whatever night they signed yep. him. And there's like, you know, four different games, four different cut-ups, and four different play-by-play guys called him four different names yeah. in terms of how to pronounce his last name. So he, he had some production in San Francisco. Now, you can make the argument that, you know, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year was on the other side of him there, and their defense is outstanding. Right. But, uh, yeah, interesting piece, I think. No, he's a consistent right player, and I yeah. argue, too, and we'll, we'll talk about this on the show. I argued that even if it wasn't unique in Gakwe, you still needed to bring back a veteran defensive end presence to help guide and, and mold those guys that you're hoping can yeah. turn into the cornerstones, you know, the 2023-2024 version of, of Mathis and Freeney when you're talking about Quiddy Pay and Dai Dengbo. 
I mean, even with Ebicom, you still don't have a defensive end on your roster that has more than six sacks in a single season from the defensive end position. So it's going to be by committee next year, and you hope that, you know, the Colts are betting that, again, Pay and Adangbo continue to grow as both guys head into year number three. But, you know, Ebicom has been able to stay healthy just like Yannick Ngakwe. Sounds like with this move, it's probably it for Ngakwe in terms of coming back to the Colts. Um, but Pay's missed seven games in two years, and, you know, hasn't sniffed 10 sacks in a season. Same thing with Dio Dangbo. So I like the move in the short term to help those guys grow and ensure that you match the sack total production that you had a year ago, which was 44. And, and not as many sacks as Ngakwe, obviously. Uh, Embuka has not but had. But pretty good against the run, too. But pretty good against the run, number one. And number two, better pressure rate. I know that doesn't you know, pay right. the bulldog at the end of the day, but you're pressuring quarterbacks a little at a higher rate than they are as far as getting after the quarterback when you're Anika Gakwe. It's going to pay off, hopefully, down the road. Doorman Matt Taylor, we got you coming up after six. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery. Thank you, brother. Oh, thank this you, This has man. been awesome. This is great. Great. Yeah. Another celebration in the book. St. Patrick's yes. Day here has been outstanding. And been maybe uh, maybe the Vogue on Tuesday for Jerry Cantrell. We'll Just see maybe. what we can do. Now, hopefully something can happen out of that because yep. that would be great. Well, give be me awesome. a ring. And we also, I got to give, my, Brock is out there and Zach is out there. It's not here. But at some point, I got to make sure I hook up because they were the football season winners. And, of course, we've got somebody that's going to win our bracket challenge brackets for bottles coming up as well absolutely so. we have we have bottles out in the car we can pass those along at a later date Here we right? can. So we're yep. good to go yep. uh, so john let me ask you yeah tuesday you want to go see jerry Cantrell? i would love to go see jerry Cantrell. i got a tuesday. table for you waiting i'm right brother make that happen that is my man right, right love there you, man. thank you thank happy right St. Day. brent halverson Cheers. who is just absolutely awesome our betting analyst from heaven hill distillery let's take a break and we'll come back matt taylor and the gore man we'll get you set for the last word with a little bit extra coming up after Anything goes? You want to do anything I, goes? I mean, I thought that was Holy the Holy crap. Anything goes on a St. Patty's Friday? I don't think Gorman would want to do anything goes. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think, James? You want to do anything goes Usually, with these guys? I don't want to I don't want to produce the show here. No, I don't I care. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if anybody All right, Gorman says he wants to do anything goes. So, oh god. <laughs> That, oh, my God. That's usually Jeffrey's uh, mantra anyways. All right, 239-1070. We'll do anything goes coming up on the other side. Any of your jackwads want to call in and say whatever you want? 239-1070 is the number. We'll do some anything goes coming up on the other side. We'll lead you up to the last word at the bottom of the hour. That and more. Celebrating St. Patrick's Day with Heaven Hill Distillery at O'Reilly's downtown. Thanks to Brent Halverson. Thanks to Joel as well. Quick break. We'll come back. Anything goes at 239-1070 is next. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to our St. Patrick's Day celebration as we bleed into the 6 o'clock hour here. We got the last word with Matt and Gorman by the hour, but we're going to hang together here until then. I'm going to give you a little anything goes. If you like, we'll get to those calls at 239-1070 in a second. One game still in progress. Didn't take very long for UConn to be down as they entered the half and then out of the halftime kind of really put the pressure on. Up seven right now. That's the four seed Huskies 50-43 over the 13 seed and Rick Pitino's Iona Gales. 
15 and a half to go in the first half as they're taking the uh, under 16 television timeout right now in that West region first round matchup. We'll keep you updated on that. Fairly Dickinson, Purdue, that's 1v16. 650 is that tip time. That game is on TNT. Purdue getting 23 points. Yeah, that's a lot. That is. What? Yeah. They're going to get Purdue pressed. is favored by 23 points. Oh, I thought you said getting 23. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Poor man was going to jump on that right now, <laughs> man. Purdue favored by 23. 239-1070. Is, is Christy want to do some anything goes right now? James, yes, is that true? Christy. Hello, Christy. How are you? Hey, JMV. Just left you at Ohio. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I want to talk about Gardner Minshew. What What do you think is going to happen when he gets here? It starts. Gardner Minshew. Uh, go, go ahead, Christy. I'm sorry. I talked over you one more time. No, you're sorry. That's okay. I said, are we gonna are we gonna start him? Is he gonna be our starting quarterback, and then we're gonna put in the guy we draft, or what? How's that gonna go? Christy, it was great to see you down here. Thank you, and have a great weekend. Always come out with us. We appreciate that. I, this is what I think, fellas, is gonna happen. You guys can play off of this, starting with you, Gorman. I think. You're going to wait and decide this, you know, whether or not the guy that you draft, a quarterback, is good enough or ready enough to go. Then if he's not, you're going to get Minshew. If he is, Minshew's going to back up. And I think more so than anything else is that prior relationship that he has with Shane Steichen and that trust that Shane Steichen has with him to grasp everything, already have a hold of what he wants to do offensively, the major cog as why Gardner Minshew is here. As soon as Steichen, uh, you know, signed on the dotted line, I was – we were figuring, yeah. you know, is he going to go after Minshew? Is going to be a cheap quarterback to come in, been good in the system, uh, you know, torched us at Lucas Oil Stadium. Remember that game, Matt Taylor? You had to call. He was like 21 of 22 on the day, uh, you know, came up here and torched us. Uh, brings a little swagger, a little fun to the locker room type of thing. But a game or two, you know, playing for Mike Leach up there at Washington yeah. State and, and uh, yeah. can, can sling it around. Not a great career record, not a bad quarterback rating overall for having all those losses. He's at about a 93 overall. So he's got some skills. I like that the bringing in somebody a veteran presence, but somebody that this cat knows. I mean, he's been in so many rooms with Steichen up to this point after one year of those two working together. The little familiarity, especially at that position, whoever ends up taking snaps as the one, you got him as a backup right away that say, hey, he can come in. He's not going to screw up the offense. You know, throw a pretty nice ball. He's going to do it, you know, relatively inexpensively. And right. I love Gardner Minshew. Don't get me wrong. I hope if he's given a chance, he wins double-digit games. I just don't know if, if Gardner Mucho at this point of his career is saying, hey, franchise quarterback number one. I don't know if it's that. Maybe he plays his way into it. Who knows, John? But I like the kid. I like the signing. Like I said, inexpensive experience, and those two are friends off the football field as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the good news in all of this is you don't have to make that decision right now. I mean, the Colts can still draft a quarterback, obviously, in the top five. Maybe they go from four to three and trade up with the Cardinals, or maybe they just sit at three and then draft best quarterback available, whether that's Richardson or Levis or Stroud or what, however this, however the dominoes fall in that regard. But Minshew gives you a really good insurance policy that if that guy you draft isn't ready to go, if you go through OTAs, if you go through training camp in the preseason, and he's just not ready yet because of all that you have to shoulder as a rookie quarterback both on and off the field. You've got Gardner Minshew who can play, as you said, has a great relationship with Shane Steichen, 24 starts, uh, two years in the Shane Steichen playbook and offense, so he knows the plays, he knows the terminology. Played great last year when Hurts was hurt. Right, and he can help interpret 
the offense to not only the rest of the quarterback room with a rookie quarterback, presumably, or and the rest of the offense. So it's exciting as far as that's concerned. And it does give you insurance that, again, if he's not ready to go, he can play 24 starts. He's had success in the NFL. And he's done a nice job with Shane Steichen calling the plays for him. I hope uh, I, I love this because when, when we were doing the pregame shows, I'd always ride John a little bit about what he talked to through the week, Monday through Friday, and then he'd come out on Sunday and stuff. So I'd try and circle back on some stuff, and we'd butt heads a little bit. But I just want to throw something at you. Yeah. What, this scenario, I know nothing, okay? I really I don't know anything about the upcoming draft and the Colts. I want, you to, I want to preface it with that. Okay. But if the situation arises where they go quarterback one, fill in the blank, he's gone at one. Quarterback two, he's gone at two, okay? Uh Arizona stays where they are, grabs a defensive player. We have two quarterbacks on the board that, that all Mr. Medias are saying are the top guys. But in our book, and Matt Taylor, I hope you can back me up on this, but in our book, those are late first-round guys. Best player those available. Those are high second-round guys, yeah. okay, something like that, for that position. What happens, my, my, my question on this is, what happens if this administration, led by Chris Ballard, says, we're not picking a quarterback there because it's not worth the value at that four, and he trades back, and he trades back possibly again, and they get some defensive players. What does the fan base do? And more oh, I, no, I've already what cushioned do you do? that. I've cushioned that already because that's not, like, to me, Chris Ballard trading up, getting, giving up all those assets to get the one, ridiculous. Lamar Jackson, interest, ridiculous. Trading back in the scenario in which you said, yes, I can see that happening from Chris Ballard. So I've already cushioned the blow here saying, hey, he came down and sat with me two weeks ago at the combine. The first thing he said was talking about trading back, and he was saying it in a joking fashion. I don't think it's a joking fashion. I do think that that's but a possibility. The not I have, there. I have, well, in, in terms of what they say, best player available. It, best it, player available is something they always, that's a mantra in the draft they live upon, so it would not surprise me in the least if they felt like doing that. Again, we're, we're speaking in total hypotheticals. This I, is three guys at a bar, by three, the way. <laughs> How about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have any intimate knowledge about the Colts draft board, so again, total hypothetical, but because Gardner Minshew is in the fold now, signed officially today, does that make this hypothetical, the scenario you, you just laid out, even more of a possibility? Because uh, they do have an insurance package at quarterback. Oh, but Matt, you needed to Being get able to somebody. Trade back. I mean, you needed to get somebody, I think. I don't know if Sam Ellinger, I, you know, hopefully Sam Ellinger's in this league for a dozen years. But he's not going to be here, is it? I don't know that, but that's what I'm saying. You had to have somebody, in my opinion, after coming off the year that he did with a little bit of action, more action than he's had due to injuries of Matt Ryan, et cetera, like, is he the guy that you want to post and say, hey, this is our thing? Shane Steichen came in and, you know, looked at the tape and stuff and had Minshew out there. I just think that makes more sense, especially being with him, uh, you know, in the backyard like he was for the last year. So, I mean, what another scenario, and that's why I'm glad we have a little time to talk about this, is if something like that happens, a scenario like that happens, and they grab a quarterback in the in, in the late second, or, you know what I mean, after shifting and moving around, or, or the mid-third, they grab a quarterback. People are going to hate it. I, people are going to hate it. I can it, see and, it happen. Hold on. Like, and they get, like Stetson Bennett. Some, yeah, just yeah, throw any like name that. out there. I know no names I'm not yeah. talking about. But late second, mid-third, they give the kid the ball, and they said, hey, go right ahead there. We got Gardner Mitchell you in the backup. We like this kid. We're going to see what he's got. We got a running game, etc. Does this place all blow up the city? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily, but I've talked about it. No, I just know how how the fans are going to react that way. 
but I've prepared them that that certainly could be a possibility. Hell yeah, I could see that. I think you have to be crazy not being around here for the last six years and view that as a possibility, certainly more of a possibility than any of this foolish Lamar Jackson talk or trading up talk to get the number one and giving up assets the way that they are. No, that to me, it's not like I'd be on. First of all, I have to see who you want, who the target is on this. But is that, I think, a chance, and Matt brought up Gardner Minshew being here. Does that give it more of an opportunity? I don't know if it gives it more of an opportunity, but it certainly would be more justifiable to believe it with one of the reasons why he was brought over here. Yeah, and reportedly, I mean, it's only a one-year deal for Gardner Minshew, too. So then you're doing the same thing next year if, in fact, you don't grab the quarterback quote-unquote, of the future in the top five when you have the chance to do so. But I completely agree with you, Jeffrey. I mean, that's what Chris Ballard has preached since day one. Even if even if you take a quarterback, no. you've got to be right. And the evalu- just because you're picking in the top four doesn't mean that the four best players in the draft are all quarterbacks. Like, you might have, again, uh, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis as the just – whatever, 28th, 29th best player are, of the draft. Are, are you whining and moaning and saying they didn't get it right, John, if if if, if they go through the first round and they, they, they take a defensive player at four, fill in the blank, doesn't matter. I'm uh, just doing a scenario. Hold on. Yeah. And at pick 35, they do grab that quarterback. At 35, which is not like a top top five pick like they have in the first, but they got the top five in the second. You know what I'm saying? 35 overall. If they give that kid the ball, are you guys happy? I am already, I'm already moaning, and here's why. Because I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback by far in this draft, and that's, to me, should be the target, and it's not going to be the target. I guess, considering unless he falls yeah. to four, that shouldn't be the target. So I'll already be moaning well, about that. I think, and again, this is about their talent evaluation. Right. I understand it, that. But right. what I like is Stroud, and he's going to be gone to me. One or two? Settling. You're settling on the other side One of that. One or two it could way. be, right? So you're saying Probably. make the move up. I'm sorry, yeah. Matt, but you're saying do whatever it takes to go up to get to I, Stroud. I, want, I, wanted the, I wanted them to get the best, and I think Stroud's the best. Gotcha. And what you said, that that's what it all boils down to, is their evaluation. Right. Because obviously – the Panthers are moving up and giving up what they gave up to take a quarterback. Houston's going to take a quarterback. You sure? So then, yeah, yeah, they're taking a quarterback. Absolutely, they're taking a quarterback. But, but I'm asking you the same thing, Matt. What if these guys say, we've got the second overall pick, and these quarterbacks on the board don't grade out as a top five, top ten pick? They're low first, high seconds. Do they still go up and reach and get them? Yeah. Or do they say, hey, i got a 5 started edge rusher out of fill-in-the-blank, Alabama even, and he's available. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's quality. That's bang for your buck. How no. much more evaluation do they have, though? I mean, you've got all this on film. I mean, don't, don't you know by well, now? I mean, how much of a deal is this pro day crap going to be? Right. No. So, to your point, it's it is young and it is Stroud, and then it's a yeah. gap between however you want to dissect the next group, however many guys are in that group, like the is Levis, it Richardson, and Richardson, is it Levis, whatever. Yeah. So those guys are going to go one, two in whatever order. Okay. Then it just boils down to the Colts' evaluation. Right. Is there a huge gap between three and four in the quarterback evaluation, and is that gap? big enough that merits the Colts moving up to three and giving up at least multiple picks. Probably your number one pick for next year in 2024 to get your quarterback of the future. That's true, but I'm saying we don't know, John. We don't know. Matt Taylor, you and I even working on 56th Street don't know. Do they covet a quarterback? Do they covet one of those two guys? Do they covet two of the four? Do they covet three of the four? You know what I'm saying? I mean, really covet. They check all the boxes. Physically, leadership skills, off the field, everything included up there because for those top 
Top five picks, man, you got to get them right. Yeah. What if they feel the best player available is not a quarterback at four? That's what this comes down to right here. That's when you try to get more assets out of this and you trade back. Or, I don't know, maybe in this case you draft a defensive player at four and then try to trade up in the second round to get somebody, I'm just throwing this name out there, like a Hendon Hooker who will be in and around that area late first, early second. So do I throw that out? No. I think that that is a legitimate possibility. But you just said 2024. I know, but but again, my question is you just said you'd moan on that. I would. If they do grab a guy like a Hooker, I'm not putting a name on anybody, but if they grab that second round, 35 overall quarterback, you're going, what the hell? You only only want this crap to happen once. You're up at four, right? And so while, you you're, want that while, while you're up at four, make it happen. Go all out to get what you want as a quarterback. Oh, John, you're going to on a quarterback and emptying the cupboards for next year? Why wouldn't I mean, you? Why wouldn't you? Because you need those assets, bro. And when you have high draft What assets are we talking throwing, about? What I'm about the 29? Is that the 2019 draft with Paris Campbell? Who's left from that? How are we talk? Let's talk about that's it. Let's talk about those assets for a minute. I'm just hell with it. Find your guy. That's the centerpiece. If you feel that Stroud, and I'm assuming they don't feel he is, if you feel that that's the guy, you feel Bryce Young's the guy. Go all out to get them. You got to give up the rest of it. Depends on how you feel. Next year's two, and clearly they don't feel that way. Two, this year's one, next year. I mean, you're that's what I'm talking about. When you're talking about assets and empty, if you like them that much, you do it. But clearly they don't because they didn't. That's what you. You just said if they liked him that much then it's worth it if you get it right none of this matters right who cares what yeah. the chiefs gave right, up to right. get patrick mahomes right, right. who cares what the bills gave up to get josh allen if you get it right it doesn't matter because you have franchise stability and you have quarterback stability most importantly for the next you know two contracts two and a half three contracts with these guys and it's just if you look again we, we we've talked about this Jeffrey, on, on all of our content on, on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network, if, if you have, if you look at all of the playoff teams from this past year, all of them were guided by quarterbacks that were taken by their respective teams in the first round. So that's, that's, that's seemingly the blueprint, and all these guys aren't going anywhere. Burrow's not yeah. going anywhere. Mahomes, Allen, now Rodgers is going to be in the AFC making the parody even more Dallas. crazy. Lawrence. Yeah. Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm saying, like, Dallas, he's a third, though, right? Say again? Prescott, third, wasn't he? Third, yeah, third-round pick. No. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it I'm can't not, be I'm done. I'm just right. saying, you know, all of these teams have All right, watch this. Can, can, can I have a question to you fellas? Yeah. I think about this all the time because what the Colts are trying to do right now is really kind of backwards in terms of how you build a team. Normally, you draft a quarterback. <laughs> no, no, no. Normally, you, you draft a quarterback, and you build the pieces around him. They're going to draft, assuming here, a quarterback, and they already have these high-dollar cap hits in Leonard, in Nelson, in Buckner, in coming up in Jonathan Taylor. Well, they're going to have to add in a quarterback. That difficult to do because not a lot of the NFL does it that way. Most of the NFL is bad. They take advantage of being bad, get their centerpiece quarterback, and then branch out and and get everything else. That's I think that what you just said, you can summarize the Colts since Andrew Luck retired, is they've been good enough to compete and and justify bringing in a veteran quarterback, and they've been – competitive enough on the field and good enough on the field to not be in a position until now to go after 
a top-end rookie quarterback, right? You're picking in the 20s or the late, the high teens based on their record. And so now that you've kind of, quote-unquote, bottomed out at 4-12-1, there's a large section of the fan base that wants you to really go for it to make sure you're not back in this position yeah. picking the top five for a good long while. So, um, yeah, I, I think what you're talking about with the – high dollar contracts with Leonard and Nelson and Braden Smith and then potentially having to pay Jonathan Taylor soon, potentially having to pay Michael Pittman Jr. soon. It does open up a little bit of a window, right? You do have this window of opportunity as crazy as it sounds after what happened last year. I still think this team is very competitive and they lost a lot of close games last year. They lost how many games? They lost three games by one point. So they were not I don't think I know we got to wrap up here, but I don't think they're that far away. They have this window of opportunity. That's why this offseason is so big. Matt Gorman, the last words coming up next. Enjoy. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.